I don't give a feck about Mozart or Borvalvin or any of them funny name feckers. I'm Parik Suluan. I'm nice. On March 12th, 2023 Oscars will officially kick off. After viewing the January Oscar nomination list, the Movie Night Extravaganza crew picked a few of them to cover throughout February. That's right, the crew is making a play for Oscar hype. Our first entry is the critically acclaimed Banshees of Inisherin. Banshees of Inisherin was written, directed, and co-produced by Martin McDonough, the British-English playwright turned filmmaker. Martin McDonough's plays were known for challenging the modern theater aesthetic with their use of black comedy. Why? Would you like to kiss Helen, Cripple Billy? <laughs> well, I can't see Helen ever wanting to kiss a boy like me anyways. Can you, Bobby? No. <laughs> but so you'd have took the McCormick's without payment at all? I would. McDonough's first trilogy of plays in the 90s was known as the Leanne Trilogy. All three plays took place in Western Ireland in County Galway, where McDonough spent his summers as a child. Is that the one evening out you begrudge me? Young girls should not be out gallivanting with young fellas. Young girls! I am 40 years old, for fuck's sake! The second trilogy were all set in the Aran Islands. The trilogy was left unfinished after McDonough declined to publish the third play, The Banshees of Inisherin, after claiming it wasn't any good. With that, McDonough expanded. First to plays that took place outside of Ireland, including one starring Christopher Walken as Sam Rockwell called A Behanding in Spokane. You fell out of a tree. You must have forgotten that. <laughs> of course I don't have any black friends. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> what the hell are you climbing up a tree for in the first place at your age? That's what I said, isn't it? A balloon. Be Handing in Spokane was a play about a mysterious man named Carmichael who goes out in search of his missing left hand after it was severed 27 years earlier. Then McDonough expanded into writing and directing films after feeling like writing plays wasn't connecting with him anymore. In 2006, his first short film, Six Shooter, which was 27 minutes long and starred Brendan Gleeson, won an Academy Award. Do you have Pringles? No, we get no call for fancy crisps around here. We have Tato's or we have Ripples. Don't sell spirits, no? It's 11 o'clock in the morning. Oh, did I ask you what time it was? What I thought I asked you was, do you sell spirits? From that short film, McDonough got a deal with Focus Features to write and direct a full-length movie based on a screenplay called In Bruges. You go right, don't you? You can see it from the doorway. It's a big fucking canal. All right, Jesus, I just got here, haven't I? Okay, on the count of one, two, three, go, okay? Okay. In Bruges starred Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson who would go on to star in Banshees of Inisherin as two London-based Irish hitmen who hide out after accidentally killing a young boy. From there, McDonough wrote and directed Seven Psychopaths and Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. What these new laws said was, you're still culpable. You're still culpable by the very act of having joined those Crips and those Bloods in the first place. Which got me thinking, Father. That whole type of situation is kind of like you church boys, ain't it? McDonough went back to In Bruise stars Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson for Banshees of Inisherin. Oh my God. You were going to kill me. Oh, I'm, you were going to kill yourself? What? I'm allowed to. No, oh, you're not. What? I'm not allowed to, and you are? How's that fair? 
At the most fundamental level, it's a story about Brendan Gleeson's Colin, who decides he no longer wants to be friends with Colin Farrell's Patrick. I just don't like you no more. You do like me. I don't. You liked me yesterday. Oh, did I? Yeah. The backdrop of the sheer isolation of this mythical island of Inisherin is that the Irish Civil War is happening on the mainland. The Civil War means that Inisherin is largely cut off from the outside world, and the relationships between characters on the island become more fundamentally important. Banshees is particularly interesting after another movie about the conflict in Ireland, Belfast, was nominated for awards last year. Belfast was about the Troubles, not the Irish Civil War, but in that film, Kenneth Branagh tried to write a coming-of-age story about growing up as an Ulster Protestant. One of the most amazing things about Banshees is that the running joke is that many of the residents of Inishirin seem almost indifferent about who wins the Irish Civil War. Who are they executing? The Free State lads are executing a couple of area lads. Or is it the other way around? <laughs> I find it hard to follow these days. Well, it's so much easier when we was all on the same side and it was just the English we was killing. I think it was. I prefer it. Well, you don't care who's executing who. For six months and a free lunch, I don't care. They're going to be executing you. But the existence of this conflict adds an almost absurd level of isolation to the character's stories. Calm has chosen to reject his lifelong friend in order, or so he claims, to compose music on his fiddle and be free from his dull and pointless conversations. Martin McDonough wrote the role of Colm for Brendan Gleeson, who is a fiddle player. After making that pronouncement, Colm continues to hang out at the local bar and hang out with pretty much everyone else. This shatters Patrick, who is taunted throughout the movie as being one of those good guys, but not a thinker. Colm was always more of a thinker. Huh? Why, Seffy? I think. Ah, you don't, Paul. You don't, Patrick. Your sister does. Your sister does. I. Siobhan does. You're more of a... You're more of a... What is it? You're more one of life's good guys. You're more one of life's good guys. I. Patrick lives with his sister Siobhan, who's probably the smartest person on the island, and their donkey, horses, and cows. It was the 18th century anyway. Mozart, not the 17th. Colin makes the declaration that if Patrick will not leave him alone, he will chop off a finger from his fiddle-playing hand every time he talks to him. What I've decided to do is this. I have a set of shears at home, and each time you bother me from this day on, I take those shears, and I take one of my fingers off with them. This sets up some very grotesque stakes. I think anyone who has lived in a small town, one that is isolated from everything else, can relate to the sheer isolation and loneliness that is at the core of Banshees, as well as the incredible importance on personal friendships and relationships. Hello? Think of. Siobhan, you fight a little fella. Don't go for it! I'm not throwing his finger out, it'll get dirt on it! <laughs> anyway, before I introduce the panel, let me say, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. 
Also, we are now monetized. So if you have any pressing questions during this live show, send us a super chat. We are absolutely obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer it. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are available on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Jandrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, comic designer, and artist for Give Them an Argument, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Conan Neutron, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, host of Britonic Reversal, and frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. Christina Oaks, when she's not dog-sitting, you can find her streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cosmopolitics. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at at cosmopolitics. Throw her some subs on Twitch. Eileen Jones is a film critic at Jacobin, author of Film Suck USA, and hosts the podcast Film Suck. I, of course, am your Academy Award-nominated host in a supporting role, <laughs> Forrest Miller. Let's bring out those nominees. Well done. Well done. Very nice. <laughs> Very flash. I had to uh, I had to use the Bride of Frankenstein picture because it's so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see, Eileen, your hair looks so different. I know. That was a better do. I should go back to it. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Thank good to have you. It's been a Thank bit. It has. It has. You all seem to be thriving. I'm glad to see. Yeah, I still have, uh, you know, nine fingers. <laughs> I, uh... You can still play the fiddle with those, so that's fine. <laughs> I, uh, I, took, I took one off because Andy got off topic. Oh my god! And then I was like, and then I was like, all right, I don't have enough. I would have to switch to toes, and then I don't know. I'm not. I'm not into it. We wouldn't last an episode. No, no exactly. Not <laughs> uh, just throw them at the camera, like the webcam. Yeah, oh and then you see just oh, the webcam, and you're like, <laughs> I thought they sounded too loud. I think the sound design was, was saturated there. It really sounded like a whole arm it's got so, thrown at the door. Yeah, it's like wet, and it's like, like, like. Oh, I'm so fascinated by that because I got I got a friend who does um, uh, ADR work. Yeah, well, I thought you say you have a friend that throws fingers. That too. <laughs> Uh, a friend that does ADR work, he actually, uh, his team won an Emmy for um, uh, uh, Narcos and, hmm. and has done a bunch of other things as well. But like having like seen like his setup and then like he's like, oh, let's move the sound effects up. Like things with like people clomping around and stuff and like just it's like, oh, yeah, well, of course, they're, you're not going to pick all that up uh, mm -hmm. the way you want to when you want to mm -hmm. get across the point. But what I think about is who who had the assignment of like <laughs> severed finger slapping mm -hmm. against you know, a wall or door. Okay, well, let's. I imagine like, like you take like a you take like a wet carrot. You, you don't think a hot dog? I would think a hot dog. Hot dog fingers very hot this year. It's got to be right in in between the two because I think a finger is more solid than a hot dog, right? But also, yeah, yeah like the wetness of it is yeah uh, probably more. To do with it. Oh, just take like a freshly boiled hot dog. All right. <laughs> That's enough. That's enough hot dog discourse. <laughs> oh, I thought we were, I, uh, you know, talking about everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I would just like, shift right back into it. Big, uh, I big, saw... big year for fingers at the Oscars. It is big years for donkeys too. EO as yeah. well. Oh, all right. uh, which, which I which I still have not seen. I haven't either. I hear it's wonderful. Yeah. I hear it's great too. I'd love it. It was playing anywhere near me because it's not streaming anywhere. That's for mm -hmm. damn sure. Yeah. Uh, I saw this really early on in the theater. And I'm driving my friend Joe Cannon to see it. And I just, I like In Bruges. I was like, oh, In Bruges guy has another movie. Did not like Three Billboards. I didn't hate it. 
but I didn't love it. It was mm-hmm. not my favorite movie mm-hmm. of that year. Like, so for me, McDonough has been like, you know, kind of like, ah, not super consistent for mm-hmm. me. Um, but I loved it. I was blown away by this. Mm-hmm. This is my second favorite movie of the year, mm-hmm. uh, big time. And I got to see it before anybody, there was any discourse about it, which, mm-hmm. which is great. And then I was so excited when our, our, our good friend in the, in the, in the lower square there, uh, Eileen Jones wrote that awesome review of it. Oh. And Jack, and I was like, hell yes. That's yeah. awesome. Because I felt like it was a movie that was going to kind of die in the vine that like people, Oh, this is too weird. It's like talky. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. hilarious, but it's incredibly dark and jacked mm-hmm. up. Like mm-hmm. this, there's no way that people are going to pay any attention to this. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, well, pleasantly surprised to be wrong about and that. Very Irish. Yeah. Oh, it's so Irish, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, unless it was like, uh, you know, coming clad in green and with a thin Lizzie song playing, you know, couldn't be any more Irish. It's, it's well, though, we'll, though we'll, we'll have to get into the critiques that have caused a backlash, a little mini backlash that came out. And it was a lot of, of people, you know, representing the Irish point of view, saying very, very angry things about how apparently the McDonough brothers, I didn't even know there were brothers, but there are. Um, are are notoriously bad at representing Ireland, and that that they're really London Irish, and they didn't really live there, and they, then they have a completely distorted point of view, and politically they're monsters, huh. and so on. So we really need to get into that because it's been fascinating to read the accounts of the movie from people who hate it. I mean, it was um, I is it is it Catalyst, like the the UK Jacobin sister arm or whatever. Well, um, I can read. Yeah. A, I'll read a little mini, a little yeah, yeah. mini uh, email I got, which which was less hateful than I usually get. If they send it to my UC Berkeley <laughs> address, it's usually you know it's a death threat or something. This is relatively right, right. polite. Uh, she says, "Hi, Eileen. I read your review of McDonough's Banshees on Jacobin. I was a bit surprised at the go see it positivity in Ireland. In left wing circles, McDonough is considered reactionary for obvious reasons." The film might be beautiful, but its politics are odious. Perhaps you miss the Irish nuances? This review gives them, and and then she cites uh, something that appears on a site called Film Dublin by a guy named Luke Dunn, and he says the opening lines are, the McDonough brothers have always been hopeless miserableists, and it's proven to be a lucrative lot in life for them on stage and screen alike. Martin the Younger has drawn many plaudits for his ability to draw from the literary tradition of the island that he's occasionally visited, breathing or perhaps scoffing new life into stuffy old Irish archetypes. You know, and then there's another guy who who had a funny one-liner where he describes the opening as you descend through the mist onto the beautiful green countryside, and he says, hang on to your flat caps, everyone. Here comes Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. That's that's a, that's a that's good, good line. line. I have to I have to give it to him. <laughs> and that uh, was in Slate. A guy named Mark O'Donnell in Slate wrote a wrote a rip. So okay, so the politics of it. I feel like mm-hmm. it's some. I think one of the things that makes this work is like the the isolation of being on this island and being so distance away from the fighting mm-hmm. works because it's distant. It's they're mm-hmm. in their own world. Like even though it's like just across the water, it's happening like another planet, basically. Mm-hmm. It's and also, like, it's also not the troubles. It's the you know since it's the Irish Civil War, it's exactly a little bit less of a contested uh, space by that point. I think mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and then also the cop who is a, a great, terrible character, like right. just the worst. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I said something in the chat about like, you know, he, you know, I love how he's just the love of the game for the execution, right? Mm-hmm. Like he just, he just loves a good execution. Like it doesn't matter who's getting it. He's mm-hmm. just, a, you, the cruelty is the point. He's a cruelty is the point kind of guy. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's almost McDonough getting, um, 
getting on the right side of some stuff that I didn't love in Three Billboards, which is, mm-hmm. uh, which I have no interest in discussing. To be clear, yeah, I but, felt that way about Seven Psychopaths. I hated yeah. Seven Psychopaths, so so oh, really? I was a little, I was a little cool on McDonough myself, but. But with but, banshees, I'm right back. <laughs> yeah. Politically, like I don't feel like he's being like, "Hey, you know what's great? Like cops and and uh, and misery." What? Well, like, in, no. In every single movie, he has a, either a scene or a dialogue about how someone's either killing a cop. Um, the cops are <laughs> fucking scumbags. He hates yeah. cops. Like literally every like uh, Christopher Walken and Seven Psychopaths being like, "We don't talk to cops. Right. Fuck cops." Like every single movie, he makes sure to double down on the fact that you know that like he hates cops. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, you know, I feel like uh, Seven Psychopaths was his true romance, and it's the same kind of line where it's like uh, the guy's like, "Something you might not know about me. I fucking hate cops." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right. Well, right. well, Great. you guys know what A cab stands for, right? Mm-hmm. Alley cats ate bananas. Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh-huh, that's it. That's it. That's right. It. Glad we cleared that up. Yeah, but there seems to be a, like a big objection to simply like what's supposed to be a lot of stereotypes about Ireland, and, and one of the, one of the pieces said a lot of old lads sitting around drinking pints of Guinness, and I thought, well, I was only in Ireland once for a trip, but man, there was a lot of Guinness flowing. <laughs> that's I mean, that's like, yeah, like and. Everywhere I went, I mean, I'm yeah. like, yes, it's never it's explicitly quite, even Guinness, right? Like, yeah. he never walks up and is like, "Yo, let me get a pint of fucking Guinness," and like, <laughs> you know, like he's never like, "I'll pour that Guinness for you right now." Like, it's just yeah. they're drinking around, they're drinking pints of beer of some kind, but like, yeah. I don't think they really ever. Yeah, it could be Killians. <laughs> That's true. You should never assume, but uh, but I, yeah, I, I remember. General, I, I was oh, in uh, uh, Toronto once, and uh, I was playing uh, the Buffy the card, uh, uh, the Buffy card game. With uh, somebody, and this this guy comes up, just like it's like, excuse me, are you are you playing? Are you playing a role playing game? And, and we're like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, right back. I'm gonna buy you a beer. And he comes back with a pitcher of beer. Uh, <laughs> and wow. so like, like, yeah. I mean, everybody's. It's just that's just Ireland. It's yeah. also, I mean, it's also a very specific class subset of uh, this island, right? Like they're kind of. I mean, I'm not gonna say they're like the dregs of the island. I mean, the one kid is Dominic, but like. They're kind of, it's like they're self-sufficient. They're not really working. Nobody on this island is ever really working besides like the cop and the woman who runs the store mm-hmm. and the bartenders. Who, like, who's you know working I mean? like, on getting into everybody's business, to be clear. Yeah. Why else would you run a small town uh, store? Like that's what yeah, you do yeah. it for. You want to know the news when people don't, you know, I hate, I hate the no newsy. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. uh, that, that's well, a great I mean, excuse, Banshee, by the movie, way. Stop screaming. So, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i love the the nosy parker character uh mm-hmm. and it, she's so well written where like she just gets like her indignance is like not feigned like it's very mm-hmm. real of, of just like no like this is this is what i live for i live for this drama and you're failing me right now i love the i love the i love the that's not good news she's got a scale she's like she's like you know that's acceptable that isn't etc etc <laughs> And he's, like, uh, he's like, oh well, the cop beats up his kids, and or this kid, and she's like, you know what? Every cop beats up his kid. That's not <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah, he's not, not impressed by that at all. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but like when Kerkonin's character gets the job offer, she's like, oh, job offer is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, like she's, that's still like... she's somehow gotten herself <laughs> as the person, the only place you can get your mail. It's through yeah. her. It's, her. So it's, it's the, the one person, person that on the opens up all the fucking mail. There's no, there's no way to like uh, stop your mail from getting opened up because it only ever goes to that one woman. 
<laughs> and it's just like it's just like the cost of doing business for like getting communication which again uh i actually like that it's not immediately discernible until you literally see a calendar what year this takes place in yeah like it's very clear it's a period piece but like, well when is this exactly and then you oh, actually see like, yeah it comes up you see like, the yeah. calendar and then it's like yeah, okay yeah. cool now i get it but like it's kind of has a bit of a obviously it's not modern era but it's something of a timeless quality where like look living on like a remote island you know, until like mm. modern technology, like probably not that much different through like many box of time. And mm -hmm. I think this gets that across big time. And you get little fevered egos and petty despots like that. Mm -hmm. Well, of course you do. Where else are you going to go? There's nowhere else you can like send your mail to. There's no mm -hmm. other post office. Well, and, and the other thing is that um, the Irish Civil War as a backdrop is only really serves to like uh, play up the isolation they're all feeling on this yeah. island because you literally just can't get to the mainland. Like you're, yeah. just it's happening over there. <laughs> ha you know, and and the fact that you can kind of hear it, and every time, like it puts their isolation into perspective. That like mm -hmm. you remember, like no, this is like a, not that far away from the mainland, but like yeah. they're fucking trapped there. Like this is like a almost like survivor thing. I mean, the war is dying down. You can finally go to the mainland, but like it's a big deal. Like the guy has to iron his shirt. He has one shirt. Just to get it ironed before he goes. <laughs> <Right>. like... <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. If you want to look good for your execution, uh, you know, uh, your execution, but you know, you know, what you know I mean. what? like when you go to an execution, you want to dress to the nines. Exactly. <laughs> really, it's a social event of the month when you're in an island. There's something about like a big historical moment going on, and mm -hmm. then playing up like the fact that you're looking at characters who are just not involved with that not whatsoever. Involved. Because uh -huh. you, you want all of your characters, like, I just like the, the linear way I think our minds work at this day and age, you know what I mean? With, like, you know, the information brain. You're like, oh, everyone has to have an opinion on everything. Mm -hmm. And for them to be, like, sitting on this island, like, oh, no, I don't have an opinion about who wins this conflict, you know, mm -hmm. that's going on, like, 15 miles over there. You're like, oh, yeah. Like, there's mm -hmm. only one church on this island, assumably. Like, you have to kind of either, you know, get along or fucking get lost or get in a mm -hmm. fight with the priest. I don't know. Like, <laughs> and the priest doesn't even live on the island. Oh, doesn't he? Does he go? Does he go on a boat? Do you see him on the? Yeah, yeah. He arrives in the boat uh, the one Sunday. Oh, he does. That's right. Oh, that's you're right. right. I, I know. I forgot right. about that. Yeah, because... that's right. Because uh because -huh. yeah, the best exchanges, are, you know, I mean, well, the, I mean, the best exchanges in terms of the story is like you know, how's the despair, right? And that's something that's like very real. And I think that one of the reasons why this movie may have connected with people. Uh, well, first of all, it's a very well-made film. This is a well-made mm -hmm. film of that's of, like, you know, there's nobody flying around and, you know, blowing things up. There's no CGI or anything. Mm -hmm. It's just a well-made film. But I'm also... I'm sure that symmetrical goat was uh, was CGI because I've dealt with goats. Goats are not really uh, uh, applied. All right, time, time um, to take off the next finger. <laughs> 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 but like it it does this the small scale despair that comes from mm -hmm. living in an isolated environment very well like when he's talking when he's talking to the priest right of which every one of their exchanges is solid gold mm -hmm. yeah it's it's mm -hmm. all awesome because clearly uh you know like it like like the, the exchange the exchange about like punching the cop amazing mm -hmm. that was again <laughs> how can you say that he's a reactionary like writer and, and, and director when he's got he like literally throws that in there and it's like it's like one of the best laugh lines in the movie as far as uh -huh. i'm concerned um well, but, one but, thing, one thing they could have argued, but but thankfully McDonough doesn't really let you lean on it too heavily. You could argue that the breakdown of the friendship for 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 reasons that are so obscure is, of course, some sort of metaphorical way of relating it to the Irish Civil War. That there's just something in the wow. Irish character that leads to these ridiculous break. You know, when especially when Siobhan just that's it. 
she yeah. can't stand it anymore and she keeps making totalizing arguments about like come on you're a guy you of course you're all boring you're all men on this island yeah, 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 yeah. I, I connected that more to like mm. living on a tiny fucking small town well, right. on your entire but life i think madonna I, I, could yeah. have made more of it and i thanked god every minute in the theater that he wasn't making more yeah of it. that would have weakened the movie there. absolutely oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so. there's, there's no, well, because yeah, and, and you, you bring up one of the best mm. points. She's one of the best characters. And what, one of the things I loved about this film is that for me, I found myself identify, I could identify with like all of the principles, mm -hmm. you know, I can, <laughs> and like in different parts of my life for mm -hmm. sure. But mm -hmm. like, I it was amazing where it's like, yeah, get out. Mm -hmm. Like seriously, like you will like the, the, like there's nothing here for you. Like mm -hmm. you're too you're too bright to be here, and that's mm -hmm. you know that's always. Anytime you hit themes of that, like I think that that's um, that's going to be relatable to a certain type of person. Mm -hmm. But like she's brilliant, right? Mm -hmm. And she's on this freaking island taking yeah. care taking care of her brother and just generally being you know resting state of annoyed uh, as, mm -hmm. as the as the donkey is once again brought into the house, you know, mm -hmm. like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. And she's right. She's right mm -hmm. to leave. And, I, uh, and to... I love, I love the line when uh, she's like reassuring her brother though, and he, he's like, "Am I am I dull?" And she's like, "No, you're just no, nice. You're not dull." Nice. And, <laughs> and then, just like there's duller people on the island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then and then but like but like that level of insecurity, like I totally get it. But then the, yeah. my my favorite line in the entire exchange is when he finally goes, "Well, I'm at least as smart as you," and she goes, "Yeah, the fuck you are." <laughs> <laughs> Hard relatable, yeah. Because she she does she does such she such a good job of like protecting his feelings and kind of being supportive, mm -hmm. and 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 kind of telling him what he needs to hear, but not lying. Mm -hmm. You know, if you actually listen to what she's saying, it's like she clearly has done this an entire lifetime. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and and it's you know but one of was, life's good guys. What's great about her is she's also this counterpoint to um uh to to, to Colm, mm -hmm. uh because he he's taking out his anger and frustration mm -hmm. of being you know somebody with some uh, amount of talent you know maybe he's not as smart yeah. as she is but but like he he um is is allowing his anger to come out against uh um you know uh Podrick. and um wh whereas she is very patient with him and she doesn't mm -hmm, yeah. let her anger of the situation uh, of being stuck on the island. Well, you have uh, to at, at some point. I mean, she's probably dealt with her whole life, right? I mean, yeah. like, you know, but, what's but, she going to do, mean, explode? So, so it's what, you know, so it's calm. Yeah. But I think there's something about familial ties where you you just, there's certain specific siblings in a situation like that where mm -hmm. she's almost protective of it, right? Mm -hmm, uh, yeah. But but also realizes that he's a bit of a twit, too. <laughs> you also, know, also, um, assumably, I mean, the parents left everything to uh, Patrick, right? Like, if she leaves, she has to, you know, start her life entirely over again. Yeah. Whereas mm -hmm. if he leaves, he still he owns the house. He owns, mm -hmm. you know, all the animals like they must have left everything because when she leaves, she's like, well, all I really have are my books. That's my mm -hmm. only yeah. personal mm -hmm. possession. Well, mm -hmm. So I mean, that's I, definitely not, an artifact of the times too, for sure. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but, but like what, what I'm what I'm saying is like uh, I, I just think it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting that like what Hadrick provides um, in in that situation with her deciding to stay in a Sheeran, right? Is is a is a comfortable place to live? Um, you know, the animals, like you know, a self sufficient mm -hmm. lifestyle. She obviously is more talented, wants more than that yeah. for herself. But like um, you know, it, it's like comfort. Like when when do you finally get uncomfortable enough in a situation where you've been comfortable your whole life mm -hmm. to decide to leave it? And I think that that's very relatable for someone like me that lives in a small town 
and mm-hmm. uh you know wants to leave hasn't mm-hmm. you know found like the right opportunity mm-hmm. and the right opportunities just keep passing you by at some point mm-hmm. um so i so i related hard to that i think mm-hmm. i mean yeah that's put not to make it all like autobiographical and stuff but i mean i i left I left Modesto, which is basically more common to Nebraska than the rest of California at mm-hmm. age of 17 because mm-hmm. I couldn't get out of there fast enough. I literally mm-hmm. left as soon as I could. I, was like, yeah. I don't care where I go. It just needs to not be here. And no, small town perfect. confessions. I left Lewiston, yeah. New York the second mm-hmm. I graduated high school yeah. to like, get me out of here. So I really, I really related to that. But I loved how artfully the film is constructed because it starts you off with Podrick. And, you yeah. know, it's, it's that wonderful Bulgarian women's choir version of the, it's a love song that they play in the opening. It's all ecstatic. And he's walking oh, around goodness. happy, saying hi to everyone. And and it, it really aligns you with him at first because he's, yeah. he's so happy. Well, I go, here's our protagonist. He's yeah. our guy. <laughs> and then so so when when you, we get it with him, we get confronted by Colm saying, I just don't like you no more, which is yeah. amazing how 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 kind of gutting that that is in movies where we're used to seeing every kind of every kind of literal cutting to have him just suddenly go, you don't like that. It just seems so shocking, but that how gradually as you go along and you're seeing the sister and you're seeing Colm, you're going like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it it, it builds the world, but you're right. Cause it builds those stakes immediately where you're like, Whoa, you just got tired of them. Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. That's horrible. Like, like, Mm -hmm. and it's such a great, like literally this, that's what sold me on scene in the theater was what I was, I was like, Oh, that's a cool concept. Like, like, you know, you know isolated Island and like, you know, a friend yeah. just gets tired of another friend. Yeah. Huh? And they're going to have to see each other five times every day. They're going to pass each other everywhere they go. It's Honestly, I've, been, I've been on both sides of that. <laughs> yeah, you know? Sometimes I f- like, no offense. I love my mom, but like I cleaned houses during the day. And even though my mom lives with my grandmother, it's like I spend most of my time with my mother. And like being able to live by myself now, it's like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, McDonald's first play was actually about that. But then oh, the yeah. character, I mean, you saw the beginning of it in there. Mm-hmm. The character was like 40 and she was still living with her mother. And it's like a, a, the breakdown between a mother and a daughter's relationship. Mm-hmm. That's like his original play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a clip that they were talking about at the, uh, I guess, the oh. Academy Award nominations thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're talking about the original script because it started off as a play, mm-hmm. uh, before which doesn't surprise me at all. Like, I actually mm-hmm. think it's a very well-made movie, but mm-hmm. I mean, this is very uh, play-like in the w- in the way that you know the 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 vistas are gorgeous. The direction is actually great. Cinematography is beautiful, mm-hmm. but like, it could just be dudes on on and a lady on, on a stage, and um, it would still work. I guess it would still it had, work. The the play had nothing really to do with what the movie ended up being about. Like, he wrote the rewrote the entire thing. I think he really just. He scrapped it and just kept the name for the most part. Um, but oh, there was like a shootout in the original and like a bunch of other. Uh, mm. <laughs> See, so that, when... that was. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say no to that. You first read the script, uh, the, the, the current script that ultimately uh, was this movie. What was your first take on it? And what was the thing about Porik that struck you the most? My first take was concern. Um, <laughs> not the answer you're expecting, perhaps. But I, I had read an earlier incarnation about seven years um, before, about seven years ago, Martin had sent me an email and he sent Brendan an email saying, this is something I wrote, something I'm thinking of doing, tell me what you think. I thought it was great. He says it was shit. <laughs> he obviously holds himself to a higher standard than I do. Um, I was ready to do that film. Then years later, five years later, this version came and it was the first couple of pages remained the same basically the concept 
that one friend decided to tell another friend that he didn't like him anymore and that their friendship was dead. That remained the same, but the rest of the script was incredibly different. And Martin went from the one that I read initially being more plot driven and there was more action scenes and there was shootouts. And to be honest with you, my character was a bit cooler. <laughs> and it wasn't. Yeah, yeah he's I, not I, cool. I, in this. I know, I know. And what's the opposite of cool? He wasn't as deeply lonely and he wasn't as. He had a simplicity to him, but he wasn't <laughs> as simple as lovely Porik um, is. And so when I read it, honest to God, I was kind of like, oh my God, how am I going to, oh God, it's so, I, I limped away from reading it. I was ultimately very moved by it because it is at its core to me, a, stone, a story about loneliness and about regret and about community, of course. And, and it, it has a certain existential rub at its center, but yeah, concern, just could I, could I do it and not be dull as dishwater for an hour and a half was basically <laughs> the issue. Martin, what was, why did you not like the the one that you sent to Colin seven years ago, the script? And and then how did it evolve from something that was maybe a little bit more like in Bruges to something that was much more of a character study? Um, uh, it, 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 it was just, it, the things that I like about this one just weren't really there. It, it, it focused on... It started off with 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 the breakup, and then just went to there were outside characters who came in, and and uh, it 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 just become became plotty and and wasn't about the relationship anymore. Um, it didn't reach the emotional depths that this does. Yeah, not even close because it wasn't about the two of you. I think yeah. so. So so I'd literally just f had forgotten about it. The entire story scrapped it and didn't didn't think about it. But then I reread it sort of by accident three years ago. And um, uh, and did like the first five pages, which are pretty much the same as as the first five minutes here. But then everything else is 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 new. Everything else is just focusing on the sadness of of a breakup, really. And I was sort of in a breakupy kind of situation back then too, and just trying to explore the sadness of that, you know, as as deeply sad as those things can be from both sides, you know, from, you know, in, in some ways, uh, Brendan's character is in a sad place too, probably not quite as sad as, as, as Collins, but um, that there's often something terribly sad about being in a position where you have to break up with someone too. Um, but uh, none of, I think the, the artistic integrity angle was in the original script too. And I think that's kind of what makes this what it is. Uh, yeah, I, agree I, I, I agree with Trekosaurus Rex. Go and play whatever with this. I, I love Colin Farrell. Like, I feel like he's so he's, good. Yes, he doesn't get pure his thoughts due. about him. He doesn't get his due as an actor, in my opinion. So, okay, so you, so, so, Christina, do you agree that like, like he, he's a really fantastic actor, right? Like, yeah. I feel like he only got credit for being a himbo for like no, years. No, that's yes. true. Colin Farrell is a is a no. character actor trapped in a leading man's body. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's one of the rarest cases where a man's incredible hottitude and good looks got in the way of his career. It's usually that's the women's role. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I watched it happening when he was the second lead in Minority Report. And I was just like, who's that guy? The whole time, not only because yeah. he was a hot Irishman, but because he was so good. Yeah. And but yeah. I'm absolutely well, that, that's you. progress, right? Like now it's not just women who, uh, yeah. you know, their careers get ruined <laughs> yeah. by their no. by their attractiveness. I mean, now men are out here getting oh, their careers ruined by becoming himbos. Like that's I think that's a level of progress. And now you know he's got he's he's now the penguin. 
Yeah, right. I still, I, when I first heard it was Colin Farrell, I was like, how in the hell could he be the Penguin? And then when I saw, watched the Batman, I was like, holy shit. What yeah. the that was fuck? one of the only yeah. things I liked about that film, frankly. Mm-hmm. And oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Penguin series that's going to be happening on HBO Max. Like, that's mm-hmm. going to be, if anything's going to be that, good, that, that I'll watch. That. Uh, unless they cancel it after yeah. they film yeah. it. Hopefully it's not an yeah. hour too long, just like that the Batman movie. Oh, because God, Jesus yeah. Christ. Mm-hmm. Did I'm not warrant that being that long. What do you think you are? Until the end of the world? You're not. Anyway. <laughs> I I think that I think that uh you know I watched um I mean a bunch of movies in a row by Martin McDonough like I mean I've watched all of them now I think mm-hmm. um this week for this but uh I mean I watched three billboards not like when it came out but the mm-hmm. other ones I've watched this week um looking at In Bruges and then looking at this movie oh. and the and the two friendships um in between them you know what I mean like between uh Colin Farrell and uh Brendan Gleeson both mm-hmm. times it's number one it's such a different friendship to watch him fucking literally jump out of the bell tower and like you know sacrifice himself to warn him that, that uh you know the boss is coming or whatever mm-hmm. but the other thing i think um i i think that this movie is so much more emotionally deep than anything else he's really uh come yes. up with at least at least on the screen i mean i don't know about stage plays mm-hmm. this is good i just want to read this is stevie colin farrell was in a bunch of dumb movies in the 2000s which i think caused people to open yeah. his acting abilities i think that's it exactly yeah mm-hmm. like daredevil was he in that Ooh. was he in yes. that oh i didn't like even the bullseye well, what was i blocked it from that? my memory <laughs> What was that one that he that was directed by Joel Schumacher? That phone had, yes, with Kiefer Sutherland, right? Yes, that was a good film. It was like oh, probably really? the only yeah. good Joel Schumacher film out but, but there. He was, he was consistent. Was he was consistent for a while, and then he was in stuff where it's like, well, he's all right in this; it's fine. And then there's then he started getting really great, and I don't know mm-hmm. if it was the type of role he was getting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, or, or, I think he had a a, a, a a substance abuse problem. Yes. He was a notorious partier, like yeah. unashamed, would talk at length about his favorite strippers. So, so like, literally, just like drugs and strippers. Uh, so literally, just like him in all of these movies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I thought love... he was great in Fright Night. You know, I'm oh, probably the only one who saw the remake. No, of no, I, I, I saw that. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't oh, yeah, see yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I one's... thought he was great. He was so funny. He was. Really I love funny. that he had a relationship a friendship with elizabeth taylor oh i know uh, in, in yeah. isn't yeah. that cool that and, and she dug him because it was like oh yeah you know he reminds me of, like a lot of a lot of the dudes i used to know uh, <laughs> which, is, which is amazing right and like i'm very half of that yeah kind of throwback the most yeah the yeah, old she's like, if i was if i was five know, years younger yeah exactly and good on you liz good on you but then, yeah, yeah. your point about Gleason and Farrell is is right. They're such touching friends, no matter here they're playing such an opposite thing because Gleason is so warm and fatherly that right. that makes in brood so touching that he is looking with this kind of tender concern at Colin Farrell. And that's and so you really feel the impact of in uh it's the, in, it's the in, first in time I've ever seen a, a guy whip out a gun, walk up to him, not be able to shoot and go, aww. He's really, yeah. he really cares yeah. about the guy. Yeah. Incredible scene. Incredible scene. We should cover that movie too. But I yeah. think I think their history together is mm-hmm. what sells like the fact that like again you get the stakes up immediately like what? Why does he want to be friends with them? What's the problem? Mm-hmm. Like like and you care. And you mm-hmm. care in such a way because there's small, subtle things that they do that it isn't like mm-hmm. everyone announcing their actions and every like all of their motivations, mm-hmm. <laughs> like for, like it's like a you know a soliloquy for children. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, I think, that. which I think, says a lot about um, writing a screenplay uh, specifically for 
two actors yeah. that you know well rather yeah. than kind you know of writing voice. a screenplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like writing a screenplay and then later on going, oh, well, you know, we'll find somebody. And then you mm-hmm. go through a lot of people. And, you know, a lot of these roles, I mean, actors sometimes make it their own, but like it kind of ends up kind of feeling disconnected from their mm-hmm. persona or like who they are or something. This mm-hmm. feels uh, very lived in, I think, because mm-hmm. he wrote it directly for his friends. And he's like, he's like, I want to work with my two friends again. How can I do that? Oh, I'll write mm-hmm. a screenplay that like he, he takes their interests into account. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, like, I mean, uh, Brendan Gleeson, it is a mandolin, the thing that I, that he's playing, but he plays the fiddle and mm-hmm. they wrote the, the whole fiddle story just for him. Yeah. Like saying, like, I don't know what we're going to do if we don't get Brendan Gleeson as like the one guy I know that can play a fiddle. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And also I'm... Brendan Gleeson's a phenomenal actor, too, in his own right. Like, oh, so my God. He's so, good. Guys, so good. For a lot of us millennials, he'll always be Mad-Eye Mooney uh, mm-hmm. in the Harry Potter series. <laughs> right, right. He uh, also was the only watchable great. thing in that atrocious uh, Comey two-part. Uh, oh, I didn't see it. Oh. Where oh, he God, plays yeah. Trump. And I was like, I don't want to see anyone portray Trump. But mm-hmm. his Trump is like, fuck, that's pretty good, dude. Like, <laughs> like yeah, he's the only wow. watchable thing about it. Don't watch <laughs> it at all. His son, but... his son, Donald, is oh, yeah, like very a phenomenal actor in his own right, too. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's just been doing the work for like years. And then like to have mm-hmm. him... And I'm sure he's not going to win it, but to get an Oscar nomination this year, mm-hmm. you know, it, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that, that's great for him. And and yeah. it's he's, he's so, Mr. Mercedes. That's a fucking great show, and it's great because of him, man. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think they're two very. I mean, they're two very very different types of character actors, mm-hmm. but they're kind of two character actors that have um like someone like Martin McDonough can put them in the front and center of it and like yeah. use them as leading men. I don't. He knows think, how to use them, right? Yeah, yeah. You're right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. like, but I think they're they're. Otherwise, they would be character actors. Like they would be kind of mm-hmm. shoved into the background or something. They'd be mm-hmm. like a. Brendan Gleeson has been a that guy almost most of his career. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, it's that guy. I like that. Even, guy. even in even in England and fucking Ireland, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know, when he's in, uh, you know, stuff in the UK, it's still like, oh, there's the that guy. Like, I mean, Harry Potter is a perfect example. It's like you know they're getting oh, yeah, pretty much every fucking British and Irish actor and Scottish <laughs> actor they could possibly find, just like grabbing them up, being like, hey, mm-hmm. legacy actor, you want to line it? Like, you want to roll in one of these movies? everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I love about Gleason is he's so physically formidable that even now that he's an old man, when he goes to knock down that policeman, you're just like, yeah, he would easily. Yeah, you just don't it. have any disbelief whatsoever because he's just yeah. so hulking and great. And large actors, it seems to me, we don't have enough of them. There's an awful lot of bite-sized act- actors. I, I feel like also there's something with, I mean, I mean, the guy's a policeman in this too, but like mm-hmm. there's something about guys that are cruel like that, that mm-hmm. a lot of times they can't take a punch. Like a lot of times they've just been walking around being so cruel to people mm-hmm. that like nobody, like, you know, he just, fu- he punches Patrick in the face and like, mm-hmm. you know, hits him again and stuff. And Patrick doesn't do anything back. You could, you, you think to yourself, like uh, someone who's cruel like that finds number one, a, a way to use that cruelty, you know, weaponize mm-hmm. it as a career. Mm-hmm. But also um, a lot of times people are, you know, just the fact that they're that cruel, they stay away from, you know, getting mm-hmm. into uh, scraps with them or whatever. So for mm-hmm. him just to turn around, give him one punch and the guy gets knocked down. Like it's like, <laughs> Yeah, probably. Like, he probably has not gotten punched for like twenty years. Like, and what I love about that actor, and and this is this is harder to pull off than people realize. He has cop eyes. Oh, 
Nice. Like if if you you know what I'm talking about when I say that, where it's like there's a certain thing that the, the police officers have where mm -hmm. it's this kind of this like disconnect here where it's yes. like, even if they're smiling, it's like, no, you're not smiling. That's mm -hmm. not a smile. Mm -hmm. And I and I love that he manages to pull that off. And you see that this guy's kind of oh, this guy's a low-grade psychopath. Mm -hmm. And that's before you find out what he's doing to Dominic, mm -hmm. right? You mm -hmm. fight, you're like, Oh, this guy is like give, give him a wide berth. Like, mm -hmm. of course he's a cop. What else would he be? Serial killer? Mm -hmm. Probably. Mm -hmm. Uh mm -hmm. I mean, again, as as I mentioned, he likes executions just for the love of the game mm -hmm. <laughs> well there he is yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah he's very he, he does he has a cop he's cop eyes he definitely yeah. has like or like well cop eyes are like i feel like serial killer eyes are very similar like mm -hmm. uh they're similar and, and both in both of these he has he could be one or the other like you could either find out that this guy in the newspaper was like oh he like murdered three people and strangled them or you could was find out you know, like, a serial killer who actually uh a, like like stopped for a few years because he became like a security guard I mean, I'm was sure it, that there's a lot of, I'm sure that a lot of people become serial killers because they couldn't get a job as a cop, like, mm -hmm. or like in the military. That's my like, fallback. Yeah. That's why it's, it's yeah. cop and serial killer. But, but it's just, <laughs> it's that, I think it's that intensity combined with the, just the vacancy behind his like eyes. He's a great heel in, in a movie that uh, doesn't have much in the way of outright villains. It's all mm -hmm. like parallax view, right? It's all mm -hmm. like, you know, like the, these, everyone has their motivations. Everyone has the reasons why they do certain things, but he's a, he's a great actual heel. Where it's like, oh no, that guy just sucks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and like, it works, at, it works out so well because you get a better handle on all the rest of the characters and their journeys and their thought process and their friendships and like lack of friendships and <laughs> why they can accept and not accept certain things and their motivations for doing so. It's like, it, it's kind of grounded by the fact that like this guy is like this is locus of suckitude mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and he's and so he good at it with, <laughs> and he plays him with the right amount of humanity too just yes. just enough because right at the end you know right yeah. at the end whenever uh uh you know his son his son kills himself um yeah. you know he 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 brings that that humanity that that because i mean people are complex uh exactly and, and does it just the right way? It just just perfect. Mm -hmm. Like you, you see, you see the humanity that he clearly just doesn't like spend any time cultivating the rest of the time, and it's horrible that it's it's for, it's for that. But like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's one of the reasons I love this movie because I, mm -hmm. I think that it's it's notable. Well, we've barely talked about Barry. I mean, his oh yeah, let's talk like, about Barry Keough. He's so Jesus incredible. Jesus Christ! It's the first <laughs> thing I'd ever seen of his. Is has he done much? I mean, he we saw he's he's, 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 he's got a part of the Green Knight, which we just covered. Oh, Green Knight. Role, I still haven't but, seen. He okay. was in, yeah. He plays the Joker in the Batman, obviously. So oh right, right, right. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you never saw which, it, I, so, so. I will. I will say though, I do like how they made him look like as a Joker, like slightly more deformed and not just like clown face. Mm -hmm. something yeah. like that's that gives something but i he's got a bright future ahead of him mm -hmm. that's he's, sure. re, he's really good i mean like and he's yeah. so he basically in the green knight eileen he's he's the guy that like the kid that rolls dev patel and steals oh, all yeah. stuff because dev patel's just horrible at being a knight and like uh this kid and oh, I gotta watch like, that him. Uh -huh. I, it's good it's good it's it's um yeah yeah we, co we covered that adequately mm -hmm. i, don't I guess uh it, i guess it was dunkirk. it was underrated dunkirk mm -hmm. is the first movie he was in I oh, and I've seen that, that too. John Kirk. That's, I know I've seen him in other things. Mm -hmm. but, it was just uh, like every young British person, they, uh, an Irish person, they get their hands on. Right. <laughs> he is. It was uh, also in the Eternals, I believe, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm trying to forget about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think his arc is is interesting. Like he's kind of just like, oh yeah, this is just like this kid that's like stuck in this adverse situation. There's no one there. His age. There's apparently three women on this island. You know, like, mm -hmm. and, and then, I mean. 
We could get at them with our small talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, women, they're women, you're good ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so excited about the concept of there being women. It's just like it's like, oh my god, dude. Like, yeah. Like, I it's, uh, I don't just just the line that like I love the slang in this and just the, the line where he's like, I wish we could sit over there next to Colin because then we could get at them with our small talk. And it's like yeah, it's, I've never heard somebody put it like that. That makes it so much it's weird. Like, it's like, so, so Yeah, he's so like <laughs> He's so thirsty and like starving for it, frankly, but it also has that desperation of that certain age. And again, goes back to the isolation of like the fact that this is a small place with the mm -hmm. same, like, you know, like 12 or 13 people you see every day. Mm -hmm. And like when he approaches Carrie Condon's character and, oh. and just decides to like lay it all bare. And, and then like, you know, it's all in the line, right? There goes that dream then. And it's like, yeah. God, that's a killer. It's so well done. Oh my Whoa. god! <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I've and again, yeah. as someone who's been on both sides of that <laughs> over the years, like, yeah. oh, devastating. That's what makes well, this movie so great. Is because everybody gets those those moments of like yeah. deep humanity, and like mm -hmm. a lesser actor would have played him just for comedy, and mm -hmm. here he is just right. just knocking it right out of the park. Um, but there's the, there's being... the scene where there's a scene where he finally turns on Patrick that can't mm. be played for comedy. Right. Like you, yeah. you have to feel in that moment that like, yeah. num well, number one, that's obviously not who Patrick is. Like he's not, like he's even when he's, when he's really mean, he's not good at being mean. Like, right. Like he comes in, he just kicks the door. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you fat fucker. Like, and he's like yelling yeah. at him. Like he's he cosplaying. He's cosplaying yeah, being an he asshole. He breaks uh, almost immediately. <laughs> but like for, for that kid to like realize that, uh, you know, he's actually like one of them or whatever. And that's kind of the other moment that leads him to kill himself. Like, I don't think you yeah. can't, like you'd have to play that with enough humanity that you're like, Oh shit. Like this is like the last person really uh, mm -hmm. leaving, you know, this guy behind and not really for any good reason in the sense that, I mean, he's spiraling, he's spiraling after a breakup. Like mm -hmm. that happens to everybody that goes through a, a massive breakup like that for like a while. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so it's like, he didn't launch this series of uh, events into place, but it's like, yeah, there's a moment where you cross the line you become somebody else. And he's like, he's like, maybe this is the new me. And it's like, number one, no, it's not. You couldn't keep, <laughs> you couldn't keep this up if you wanted to. Number yeah, two, no like, like, that's like, that's like the final break moment where it's like, all right, maybe you're, you just need to reel it in, like reel it in, you go somewhere else, you know, mm -hmm. take five, like, uh, don't get drunk. Crisis, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And the and I love the fact that because of it being the time period that is there's there's no like language or lexicon for like any kind of emotional support of any meaningful way, uh, which which I think is great. I, I, and I think it's great because I think that it, it hits differently now, uh, but it's still relatable in its way, because even though we have all of these avenues and uh, ability to connect, we have all of these things that celebrate the individual without celebrating the needs of the individual. And uh, we have all these connections that uh, have the, the, the appearance of friendship without any of the actual depth that we need emotionally to connect. Well, yeah, I, I love the. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say it celebrates that selfishness where it's like um, like when it is something that talks about your own personal needs, it's like, oh, it's OK to put your own personal needs above everybody else. And, and I think that that's not an acceptable thing, especially in like a small community like this mm -hmm. where, uh, you know, every everyone kind of relies on everyone else has to see everyone else. Like mm -hmm. people might be assholes, but you still, you know, you still need that humanitarian uh, philosophy that, that does make people feel at some point grounded, not as isolated. And once those bonds are broken, it's like you're floating in the river. Although, you know, the ocean. 
Hildy uh, in the chat saying I haven't been able to stop thinking about this movie. Yeah, I, I the same when I first saw it, like I, like I saw it two days afterwards. It was like on my mm, mind, which is mm-hmm. where yeah, I also got like two of his this. fingers in the mail. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to forget as it turns out i love the animal acting which is primo <laughs> i've <laughs> never seen a movie make better use of animals especially because best use of donkey in a serious screen ever yeah i mean yeah. Like, and, like, and the oh way God. the way as you know it's getting toward the terrible end and the don and that all the animals are starting to cluster he's bringing them all in the house you know yeah the padre is bringing them all in oh that also, scene where it's just like a look it looks like dr doolittle or something where they're yeah the cow is looking through the window <laughs> and the horse and they're all looking more yeah. like with, with what looks like empathy like they understand yeah. and literally don't have the language to say but they're all gazing at him as if they understand understand it's really so beautifully done wow really and they're well i mean and their one friend is i mean passed away you know the miniature donkey that i mean it's so cute that it's like his emotional support donkey before that was ever like a concept like uh yeah (laughs) and the the connection with the dog well thanks thanks for looking after my dog anyway well again you see that or almost whoever's whoever whatever dog that is like that dog is a great actor as well like right. whole, like you see concern about like no i'm gonna take these shears away from you so <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Well, speaking, like, of, like, Good dog. speaking of phenomenal dog actors did you guys know that the first oscars that was ever uh uh that ever happened they were considering giving the oscar to rin tin tin they should have that's just, that's amazing. That's, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Justice we're, for um, Tin. But they they were saying that uh that Jenny the donkey like the the, the donkey actress that they pick, picked mm-hmm. was a uh was a huge uh, prima donna. Yeah. Like, yeah. That. Oh, right. <laughs> she had to have her own trailer. That's great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's also some story about how um Colin Farrell would uh run through the island because they were staying on these two different islands to shoot it, and he would run through the island and say hello to every animal he encountered, mm-hmm. like. Aww because he was starting to feel the isolation of living on these islands. So he I would run it. up and every time he saw any of the farm animals, so there would just be farm animals hanging around as they are on these islands. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like still he was like, uh, hi, hello. How's it going? <laughs> like to every fucking animal that he saw on a run. across the island. It's part of your day. And, and like that gets over. And that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why this movie works is like, again, the isolation, the fact that like th- these animals aren't just characters in the story, they're characters mm-hmm. in these people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they loom large. And, and, and again, like I feel like, and it's played for comedy because it's deeply hilarious. Mm-hmm. But when he's bitching about like him talking about, you know, uh, when, when Brendan Gleeson's character is bitching about Colin Farrell talking about <laughs> a pile of feces, mm-hmm. and he gets the animal wrong, he he feels right. it, an important point of correction. Yeah, that's right. That shows how much you were listening. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, he was my correction. pony. <laughs> Snap oh, correction. Snap correction. I know. It's like this show. Yeah. <laughs> I I felt like it was this show when I watched the scene where he's like um. I don't have enough time for aimless conversation. And he's like, I don't want aimless conversation. I want good, normal <laughs> conversation. Like, yeah. That's how I. That's how I pitch this show to guests. I'm like, listen, you want to come on for a good, a good, normal, not aimless conversation? Exactly. They should have uh, after parties between the two of them. You know what I mean? Like, and then they could have gotten yeah. all. Uh, all, all got it out of their system yeah, yeah. <laughs> the inc- the uh, well and that hammers home the point that we talked about earlier that like the incredulity of of that colin farrell's character has of just like like he just he can't process mm-hmm. what he's hearing from his friend mm-hmm. like he's just like i don't like he just literally doesn't understand and you kind of see that in real time and he's trying to like put it together mm-hmm. and he can't do it mm-hmm. and it's awesome because he's like the whole time Brendan Gleeson is just like I'm more annoyed with you now than I was before the earlier sentence and that's so relatable to me as well because I mean, like how often have we seen that exact plot with romantic comedies or something sure. where the guy can't get over it uh, <laughs> us. like with me 
<laughs> no, but like, no, but like a guy, a guy can't get over a relationship, and mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's putting himself on the line. Like he follows a girl yeah. somewhere. Like you see that when it's sexual relationships, we perfectly understand but that. You never see um, it as friendship. Yeah. As like, that, as like and that's really platonic. So... Uh, yeah. Not yeah, adult you, friendship. I think uh, high schoolers. Yeah, you see that sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, it actually reminds me of uh, Puff's Burgers. Oh God, what was what's that girl's <laughs> name that's obsessed with Louise? Molly Shannon. Oh right. Of oh, oh shoot. Oh, I can't think of it. Yeah. Yeah, but that but reminds me of she that. She stalks like, her basically. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It, mm-hmm. It's more. It's more like a high school drama in in in, in a certain way, but it's but you never. What see is he twelve? Yeah. You never see that with adult friendship, and certainly not male adult friendship too. I think you see a little Bros, bit of it sometimes. Bromance. Well, if you do, and then it's like it's yeah, yeah. You, people are you, bumping chest and drinking and getting prostitutes, and like fantastic, good for you. Mm-hmm. But like just like the the sheer concept of like the friendship being the centered piece of it, and then like someone doesn't want to do it, and someone like you never see that. You just mm-hmm. don't see that in movies. I, and mm-hmm. if you do, please show them to me because I well, and they and they kind of parody these thoughts because I mean, when he's talking to the priest, the priest is like. Is it, you know, is it Patrick you're having these, uh, you know, the, these unnatural thoughts about or whatever first? Yeah. And then um, there's Impure. a line like, what is he? What is he? 12? Like, you know what I mean? Like, pretty much like you guys are acting like, like, you know, little kids yeah. pretty much like you're acting like fucking high school kids. Mm-hmm. So they parody both of those, I think, in this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nope, that's not what it is. And nope, that's not what it is. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's an adult male friendship that, you know, uh, splits apart on an island where there's only you don't have any other people really your age. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I mean, fucking. Look at fucking Colin. He's hanging out with a cop the next day. He doesn't like that cop. <laughs> it's, it's just like another dude that's his age. It's, it's like, it's not the guy that and literally guy says everything the bartender says. <laughs> oh, right. The guy doing completely aimless conversation. He's talking to him for 20 minutes about how he's going to the mainland to watch an execution. Like, yeah, do you think great, that, that conversation is better than anything you were going to get from Patrick? You know what? I, I'm getting I'm getting upset all over again because I'm uh, I'm team Patrick. I, I am. <laughs> well, let, let me say, I have to put in a word, though, for team Colin. Because, you know, one of the gems, I think, of this film is it actually is a little mini portrait of ambition and of how maddening life is when you really want to be serious about any craft, any art, and and everything is trying to stop you. Everyone's trying to stop you. And it actually does that really artfully because you're right, Colm isn't in the most obviously sympathetic position. He's really, this is not going to work and it's crazy of him. But if you even have a sliver of ambition yourself, you also recognize it. If you're an artist, especially, I mean, yeah. like, I gotta say, like, the the extreme to which he goes mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, obviously, I don't think I'm overselling it by saying like very extreme, but like the wanting to create something of substance while mm-hmm. you see your days uh, ahead being much fewer than the days that came before. That's mm-hmm. very relatable mm-hmm. and distraction, distraction mm-hmm. when you're creating because the the muse, such as it is, uh, the mm-hmm. creative process, doing good work. When that happens, you don't only have to honor it. You have to lay into it. And if someone's coming there telling you about like, you know, which animal like took like a massive dump the other day, (laughs) like I can see where you'd be like, get out of my life right now. Like now, now again, it's more of a permanent thing for you. But then think about how many decades has this been happening Yeah, before we see them. Right. And so I think it's very easy to uh, get at Coleman and, and, and be like, oh, this guy's a dick. Mm. Yes, but again, he's had a whole lifetime of uh, Patrick like, you know, talking about his day. And right. it's like, I don't want to hear about your day. I want to write my my song because mm. this is the only way I'll actually live on after I'm gone. Mm. His, his one song because he can't ever play the fiddle again. Right. Well, I mean, you only need the one, I guess. I mean, I, yeah. Well, but he's working with all the young musicians. There's all these yeah. implications that maybe he's going to be able to work through them a little bit. But yeah, I just was struck by how artfully that was done. And I read an interesting interview with Martin McDonough saying... 
it's actually kind of two sides of me that are that are warring and and that yeah. was how i was able to, to to show both sides is part of me is like you asshole you've got maybe you've only got a little talent but for god's sake you're how old are you now how much longer do you have you really should do that right. but on the other hand he's he's podrick going i like to hang around with my friends and have a great time and just be <laughs> yeah. pleasant and nice to everyone and they don't want to hear about my art or have me go off by myself in a room for eight hours a day so inside you are two banshees yes yeah <laughs> and i mean and there's no there's no way to cut off i guess like uh like patrick just comes to his house if he's not there you know what i mean like there's no way to be like all right this is my space like i need yeah. my space and there's, then i'll meet yeah. you out at the bar like mm. there's no way to do that because he just shows up and he's like because they live literally like across the you know the way from he just shows up and starts talking presumably <laughs> about like whatever's on his mind which like <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's it's it is distracting. It's it's not to say that like is it fundamentally uh, in the right um, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. anything, but again, you have to approach it for the fact that he's not just talking about interpersonal relationships and his friendship. Mm -hmm. He's talking about what he considers his legacy and doing something of worth and of note. And you can say that's stupid all you want, but if mm -hmm. you actually are an artist, that is something you do think about sometimes. Mm -hmm. I, I don't. People that I don't say think, they don't are full of it, frankly. But, I don't think it's uh it's stupid whatsoever. I mean, you know, I I do like editing, like I. Right you didn't stuff. pull the letterbox reviews. <laughs> no, like I, it's not that I think it's, it's not that I think that that part of it is stupid. It's the fact that uh, his method is to completely self-destruct. Oh, it's, it's psychopathic. It's well, yeah, it's, it's more than psychopathic because you know if if the thing you really want is to write your magnum opus, you've screwed yourself. Like you know what yeah. I mean? He's he's let that petty the petty drama the the twelve year old boyness of it I think um, overshadow yeah. the fact that he ever wants to do anything. He's written mm -hmm. the one song like okay, like that one song is going to be forgotten. Yeah. Like you have to keep writing stuff and like. I mean, That's maybe he goes on to be like, uh, <laughs> like you know, on, Dublin's on, best uh, composer of all time or something. But you know, we, we need a we need a follow up, I guess. <laughs> well, and it's it, it, what he, yeah, what, you're, what what he's doing the act of his tirade and his his is like stamping his feet as an adult human being is destructive to towards his creative. It, ends but he also is at the point where he's almost being nihilistic about it like he's mm -hmm. he, like he's got like yeah. such just like i don't even care i just can't stand with this anymore mm -hmm. and he's caught up in like what clearly is clinical depression uh mm -hmm. as well and again ascribing like logical uh concerns to someone that, who's coming out from a place like that uh you know that's i mean it's, it's never gonna hit exactly my, my, my mom of... used to accuse me of uh biting off my own nose to spite my mm -hmm. face that mm -hmm. was the expression she would say as a teenager that I, that I would always do. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's that. That was the first thing mm -hmm. that I thought of when he started taking off his fingers. It's like he's biting off his nose to spite his face. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, 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 what were we going to say, Christina? What was? Oh, I'm just saying that it kind of reminds me of like how like critics feel about Jordan Peele. They're like, yeah, you're making, you know, some good content. But like, when's the masterpiece going to hit? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Well, nope. Snubbed as we. Cover oh, I know. That was it, it's just like that was the one that we were most pissed off about. I'm like, really? Oh, me really? too. Yeah, you got bad. room for Elvis, but not nope. Come oh, on. I know, anyway. sickening, sickening. <laughs> oh, makes me really. Yeah, yeah, that, Peele he, said, "Are they going to give me any uh, any Oscar nominations?" And they said, "And they said, nope." nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love so since we're talking about Combs uh, wanting a desire for his, his composition to be remembered, right? There's that mm -hmm. great scene in the bar where uh, you see Padre kind of. You know, he, he he gets his his Irish up, as they say, and uh, comes at him about it, makes it like mm -hmm. a big public spectacle of it. And, mm -hmm. and, and like I love like the, and it's a small thing where it's like, oh, well, you know, I, 
I actually kind of liked it, but <laughs> you were interesting. Then. Oh, I know. Oh, that was <laughs> great, so I thought. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to point to the Bervoven in my uh <laughs> and, and, and 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 like that, like you know, his his whole uh Collins little uh exchange there and uh, like you know, talking about how he just doesn't care about any of those stuff and it doesn't like it's actually an, an interesting argument for artistic merit and like the pretentiousness of thinking that you have the ability to create something important without uh, putting it on the line in that way. But what I love is that you don't see that from Bodrick. He's just pissed off that his friend's being a dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, is he, but he accidentally makes some great points, which is so <laughs> but his, great. But his, um, and, and I love that he gets totally destroyed by Siobhan. Right Siobhan regulates. Yeah. yeah. Regulates on it. It's so great. It's so Because this so whole beautiful. thing is like, oh, Mozart, you know, the 17th century. And she's like, you don't even, you're not even getting the right century. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm the smartest person on this island. <laughs> and you see it again uh, later on when she confronts him. Like, once again, yeah. she's the smartest person on the island. Like, she's so she's good. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the smartest like, and I think most emotionally stable person on the island, which she's, you don't she's see that one. very often. Yeah. Exactly, smartest, <laughs> most yeah, and and actually has genuine empathy as well, which is mm-hmm. considering the sack of psychos that they're hanging around with. You know? <laughs> which assumably is what uh, you know attracts Dominic to her more than I mean anything to do with his own thirsty teenage thing is the thing that he's craving more than anything else is that empathy from somebody because his dad. Certainly not getting from his dad. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. daddy issues. Um, Mm. yeah i think that's well, more than i think that's like daddy issues to a level of yeah well, well daddy problems <laughs> when does when does it become when does it turn from an issue to a problem i don't know when when your dad's a cop apparently <laughs> well, but i love that uh um dominic and uh, and her interactions are are so she's so just annoyed at like that mm-hmm. he's around doesn't like it's just like oh this kid is obnoxious mm-hmm. but she still treats him like with empathy and respect until the point she's like all right i'm just gonna leave now and i don't want to talk to you right yeah now. well the, when's the he gonna be gone is he gonna be he's staying how long is he staying oh he can stay oh can he okay you know amazing. <laughs> I, I think the moment she realizes what it is like you know yeah. what i mean that, that he's like in love with her and like mm-hmm. she doesn't want to encourage it but she doesn't mm-hmm. want to be horrible about it either even when she like dashes his dreams she's pretty like nice about it mm-hmm. i mean like what is, it, is, there any, is there any way she could have handled that better you know i mean like mm-hmm. it, well I, and well not. that's the moment i think the empathy kicks in right like that's the yeah. moment where it's like oh this kid isn't just oh, creepy and no. annoying like this kid is you know like i like this kid actually is is being like this because he's in love yeah. with me and like obviously i don't i'm never going to reciprocate that because this is just some dumb kid but like He's like a, you and know, it takes like forever a... to kind of get to the point because he's sort of stealing himself for you. Yeah, can see yeah. that, and again as a performance, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> and then she's just like, "Oh no, no." <laughs> I love, I love, I love his his final thing is, "Do you think you could ever fall in love with a boy like me?" And then she's yeah. like, "Oh no." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's incredible. And again, it's incredible. And in a year where. Top Gun Maverick is a serious best picture contender to have like these kinds of adult performances that are. Do you think you could ever fall in love with a Top Gun like me? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. No. (laughs) Uh, I I like, I don't know how it's going to shake out uh, for who's going to win or whatever, but I mean, I like that. All Let's four go. principals were, were nominated, and I think that that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think if anything, um, there's going to be some vote splitting as, as far as that, and and you know, like 
it's 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 here as far as I'm concerned. We need ranked choice Oscar voting. This never happens again. Right, exactly. Also, the people should vote because like the other night on my stream, we were going over the history of award shows and why we have the Oscars. Apparently, Louis B. B. Mayer won the Beach House, and that's why we have the Oscars. Um, Or, like, we don't know who's in, like, the elite club of, like, organization of who does the Golden Globes and all that, how there's, like, 25,000. Well, same thing with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's the same. All these things are, like, shadowy. Like, they don't want people to know because they don't want to be leveraged. The the other thing about the Oscars is that it's the the Oscars are the, um, you know, your job gives you a pizza party of – of award shows like <laughs> or it is because you know like actors wanted to unionize and like crews wanted to unionize they weren't allowed to at that point yeah and then they're like oh but we'll give you like this nice award yeah, show. We'll give this prestigious award It'll be yeah great. like yeah, and then you know <laughs> we'll have pizza there and, like, soda, like great. you'll get like tr- you'll get like plastic surgery treatments and a swag bag oh, great <laughs> they'll get stolen by michael imperioli i mean that's the fun <laughs> Um, so I have one more clip. Uh, it's the the Taylor Swift interviewing Martin McDonough. It's a couple oh, minutes. Oh, director on directors. <laughs> yeah. Taylor Swift, famous oh, yeah. director. <laughs> I think of them in the same sentence all the time. No. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was funny that they were interviewing each it other. Comes to mind when I think Sorry. of a female director. Yeah. <laughs> no one else. Not Sofia Coppola. <laughs> Women, women talking by Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a special film. Watching it with other people, I think it's it's one of those films that's going to hit home and make people think and make people talk about it afterward. Because I've been talking about it ever since. What was with it about? analysts and, and we're talking about it right now. Other friends so are here. My, yeah, so I've been talking to it about my friends, and one thing I think is that everybody relates more to one of the main characters, whether you're going through like what Colm is going through or Powerick or Siobhan. Siobhan. I think it really depends on what you're going through. I talked to a friend of mine who's a therapist and she was saying, if someone brought in this dream to me and said, I had this dream, I don't want to spoil anything. I'm wanting to cut a part of my body off. Um, It's kind of in the trailer. So you're okay. okay. So I'm wanting to cut my finger off and it's all about, (laughs) she would say it's, it's, it's because you feel like your aliveness is being cut off by a part of your life and this art represents the fingers. What do you think the fingers is a symbolism for? (laughs) Is what I'm trying to say. I I know, I just thought it was funny. Really? You just thought it was funny? Each time you bother me from this day on, I'll take those shears and I'll take one of my fingers off with them and I'll give that finger to you until I have no fingers left. I knew it was dangerous and uh, I knew it couldn't be a threat towards the other person. Mm, And there seems something kind of... Uh, I, not artistic about it, but there's something in the self-destructive nature of Brendan Gleeson's character, the artist, that that has that. I guess, I don't know, we all have that to a degree, that it's it's something we're sort of staving off, you know, mm-hmm. however we do it to ourselves, if it's through drugs or self-harm or all those things. He had that in him, and he almost had that before the story starts. I talked about it with Brendan Gleeson and he was wondering whether or not the despair, which is sort of touched upon through the film, is something that we should see, you know, building or manifesting throughout the film. But we kind of came to the decision that he's already sort of been through that before the film starts. Yeah. And the whole reason why he has to be so harsh with uh, Colin Farrell's character is that if he doesn't do that, he, he could die by his own hand uh, anyway. Wow. So that kind of explains how tough he's being because he isn't i think in those first scenes when he says i'm just not your friend anymore will you leave me alone it's being overly harsh for just to get it through to him 
I think things kind of unravel when he's being a bit nicer about it. So him saying, I don't want to be your friend is actually the last straw in something that's probably been building for ages. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. That's what it felt like. A dramatic last straw. Yeah. But the fingers thing, the thread of it, you kind of, I didn't know, I never plan out a script beforehand. So I never do a treatment and I never know what's going to happen from scene to scene. So I was kind of shocked when he came into the pub and made that threat. But after it happened, it kind of throws everything up in the air and anything could happen after that. So when you sit down to write a script, you haven't storyboarded the arc of it. You just see what happens. Yeah, just have like a vague idea of the characters. With this, it was basically, you know, one guy doesn't want to be friends with another guy anymore. I love how you say you were shocked by it as if sort of an involuntary thing that came out of your brain without you having anything to do it with totally it. Was. I love that. Yeah, I love it when that happens. Plot twists like that, if you don't know that they're going to happen, hopefully the audience won't see it coming too. You know the story's going to probably not have a happy ending. Not necessarily or a happy next few scenes. Yeah. When, <laughs> when something weird like that happens. That's great. Wow. So Taylor Swift <laughs> directed a movie? Like what? what? Uh, she directed her own music video. Oh my God. Well, it's, no, it's not. Oh my! <laughs> It's, it's 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 not just a music video. She directed like a short a short film, I guess. I, I only know this because I watched uh, her hour long interview with him, and he has to pretend like it actually is a good interview. Like I, I, yeah. I thought that was interesting. I expected just a goof on it, but like yeah, it's good for her. But um, yeah, well, I, mean, I mean like uh, Michael Jackson would be happy that people call it short films and not music videos because that was his big thing about Thriller. Well, Thriller, yeah, I mean, well, like, yeah, know. but Thriller kind of like breaks the mold is what music videos are. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Michael Jackson uh, moonwalked so Taylor Swift could run, I guess. I mean, <laughs> but, but I think it's well, it's interesting in the interview they kind of touch on some of the things we talked about, right? That like, no, there, there's like a deep river of history behind like these guys' interactions. So when he's coming at him uh, and being like pretty harsh about it, it's like he's just trying to get the point over because he feels like it's going to take a while. And you know what? It does. It does take a while. So he was right to, to, to be, even though the first like, why is this guy being such a dick about this? That's the, then, but then you understand, and it's unspools in such a way that, again, if you have the ounce of empathy, you can get it from both sides. You can understand the both sides of the, like however you feel about the extreme nature of like literally cutting off your fingers as as self mutilation as as the uh, as the thing. It makes sense for their motivations, which makes it well rounded. And I love things that have nuance. And of course, we live in nuanceless times. Uh, as Icky the cat there would tell you, uh, who just <laughs> jumped on the, the chair. Oh, uh, and, and I, I think it's, I think this, this does that very well. Where are you doing? Where are you going? Yeah, you know? and and I think that you kind of, um, you get a nice little snapshot of that uh, when he says that he timed out the conversation between them uh, <laughs> yeah. about the donkey shite. Yeah. And, or you know the horse's shite, whatever, whatever uh, you know, whatever animal shite it was, <laughs> whatever manner of shite it was. Yeah. But he's like, he's like, I timed Aww. it the other day. It took two hours. Right. So you get, you get an understanding that, like, uh, you know, oh, <laughs> you uh, you get, you get an understanding that it's not just, um, you know, this one, uh, like, or, or he didn't make this decision, I guess, overnight, right? Like he's been building up to this for a while, and it's like, this, these are like just examples that he's kind of come up with of like dude like we, you talked to me for two hours about this like your your, your do- things you found in your donkey shite like I, I i timed that out the other day like you were talking about me about that for two hours with me and he still doesn't get it because what else is going on with this guy uh besides you know that yeah. like his his reaction is well shows how much you were listening it was a different animal yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not the point bro <laughs>
I mean, we get we get into the same conversation in chat sometimes, though, where it's like, sure do. He's like, well, we were like, <laughs> like I don't have time for this aimless conversation. He's like, he's like, yeah, well, I don't have time to go to your house and you know try to get you. And he's like, number one, I didn't ask you to. Number two, what else were you doing? And he's like, well, nothing. But I'm I'm still like, you know, I could be doing other things. <laughs> I could, I could be, I could be busy. Maybe I'm busy. Name name, oh. name one other thing. And he's like, I don't know, not going to your house. <laughs> yeah, like. Reading, yeah. <laughs> reading my donkey shite. Like, <laughs> well, it's and, and I guess you know we we've talked we talked predominantly about the sound effects, but like again the the hard turn towards like oh wow, it, like when he actually does it, and you're like ah oh, jeez, like it's it's nuanced because a lot of times things can be things can be a great drama, things can be a great comedy, things can be horrific in their way, but to have all three so eloquently done here, I think is... And remember how I talked about like uh, Jurassic Park with, with the, the scene where they first see the dinosaurs, like how they built up yeah. to it. Uh, they built up to the finger much the same way because you hear the thump, you, he goes to the door, he sees him yeah. walking away, he goes to shut the door, sees the blood coming down, and then he finds the blood in the, uh, uh, in the flower bed. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, so, so it's like this slow like realization of what just happened mm -hmm. uh, and then you know he goes in there and he's just like he's like you know what was that it's like i can't lie to you but but it's really hard it's i you know yeah. and that that's where the eloquence in direction shows as, yes. as well as the writing because the, there's a way to do and that the storyboard just artist, like, shout out to whoever did that yeah <laughs> uh but I, I think he gets credited as, as a writer uh quite a bit but like the very well done very, very well done and 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 again as you said, like it, it builds to it, and like you, you, and then you're like, oh wow, oh whoa, and then like Carrie <laughs> Condon, like when she like just screams, it's like, oh yeah, that's my beam reaction too. Like, oh my god, Jesus, yeah, because <laughs> I mean, if you're doing it as a comic book, you you would you would have this, you know, big splash page of the uh, the finger in the, <laughs> the hand, finger, the wet finger <laughs> in the door, yeah, yeah. I mean, also assumably, like if if this happened now, like you know, you could just go to the hospital and they would reattach the finger, maybe. Mm -hmm. Like in this, there's no way to do that. This thing well, he says he doesn't want to get any. It wasn't any dirt on it. Is that what yeah. Because okay, <laughs> there's the, there's that kind of just just uh, naive empathy too of like, well, then what? Like, what do you think is going to happen after that? But like, I it, it shows so much about his character that he actually get, does care about that, uh, which makes it, of course. I don't. It's amazing we've gone this entire episode with, uh, without talking about what happens with the fingers and and with, with Jenny, which is where you really get to see uh, Colin Farrell. Yeah, <laughs> the finger fingers of death. Um, <laughs> that is devastating. That is mm -hmm. devastating. And then when you see his like honest to goodness rage and the mm -hmm. turnaround for that, mm -hmm. like it's very earned. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, and they said they set it up in much the same way. I think. Um, where, you know, they're having the conversation, him and Dominic, and he's like, yeah. you know, wouldn't you like to see him chop off a finger? I bet he couldn't even get through the fat blubber on those fingers. <laughs> and they, they set it up during that conversation when he's makes yeah. the threat initially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, and then, like, to have it be in such a... Because you know something ominous is going to be happening. Like, oh, this can't be good, right? But mm -hmm. then you see, and you're like, and you see the trail of fingers, and it's like, oh, no. Oh, mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. And then the most innocent character in the whole affair, the the most objectively um, yeah. altruistic and and wonderful uh, best donkey of the year award. <laughs> yeah, 
It was hard right. to rewatch that scene. I have to admit, yeah, <laughs> I just rewatch it. Like, oh, it's like a John Wick like, moment, right? It's like a John Wick two, moment. Uh, my two rewatches, I skipped over that part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wanted to. Oh, um, much. But you know, I, I think that they also set it up with the with the banshee woman, you know, who's walking mm-hmm. down the street and is like, uh, you know, and when she's like, um, one person's gonna die, maybe right. two, maybe two deaths or something, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like, oh yeah, well, you know, well, one person is, um, you know, Dominic committing suicide, the mm-hmm. other person is, or the other, you know, the other death is is uh, Jenny the donkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's great. Um, mm-hmm. and that and that's a weird character because for sure, like, is he just like there for the well, background color like is she important also, to the story like but what's fascinating too is like uh if, if you're familiar with young which i am not but uh, apparently uh young wrote a- <laughs> 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 about <depression. laughs> all right Pat, um, great. <laughs> no, no, there we go but here we go um he wrote about depression and described it as an old woman in black and uh, oh. that you want to you know oh. you don't turn away you invite her in and have her sit down at the table which is what they do at the very beginning of the film. Oh wow. So is okay. she depression? I don't know nothing about Freud or Jung <laughs> <laughs> or any of them funny name fuckers. <laughs> that that's interesting. I did not know mm. that. That's yeah, so I didn't either. Mm, that is interesting. Yeah. Mm. No, a little I a love little her. Of, that's uh, a great character. Yeah, that's yeah. That's great just because it actually that's such a hard thing to pull off. That whole banshee yeah. It, where you you have moments where you're like, oh my god, she really is, and and you have to it almost like yeah. There's a couple times I'm like, oh no, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that, and there's that and there's that excellent line where he says maybe banshees still still do yeah. exist, but instead of uh you know sh- shrieking, they just sit back and observe, amused or whatever. And it's right, like, exactly. That's literally what she's been doing the whole movie. Like I don't, yeah. you know, I'm what's the difference between a banshee and a regular old woman at that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh. So what were you saying, Eileen, that like like there there's a lot the the criticism you're seeing is that it's like grief, uh what what was it? Uh, torturous grief as as like lifestyle brand uh <laughs> kind of criticism. Like for this, I I I don't agree with that. Like I don't Oh I don't no, I, I don't even understand. I can't even relate it back to the movie I'm looking at. That, that I yeah, think. I'm like, what did you see a different film? Like yeah. I, mean, I, just, <laughs> I just feel like that, have you seen this world? Have you seen the world that we live in? Have, yeah. yeah, and there were there were like accusations of everyone's kind of the idiot or the or the gobshite or the and you're just looking at Colm <laughs> here he's like living yeah. this kind of artist agony and it, there's just a, a kind of ignoring of everything that makes the movie interesting so it, it has been bewildering i read quite a few of the of the of the pieces after i got that email just to, just to see and there were a number of them um That's really surprising to me yeah like, I, I, don't, I don't know like, i think I, I, there's a long-standing tension with with, yeah. with mcdonough and you know just the irish you know, well, and, and like there comes a certain sometimes people just like, I, you know, I don't like this person's thing. And so mm-hmm. I'm predisposed not to like it. And I will look for things that I don't like in it, which happens, I think, unfortunately. Too That's often. how I exactly feel about Zack Snyder. Wow. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, well, see, yeah. I was thinking more like, you know, like there used to be all this rage directed at the Coen brothers in their especially early in their career where they would go to like Texas for blood simple or raising or Arizona for raising Arizona or Fargo for Minnesota. And they apparently would get these angry reactions of like the way that the people were being characterized. Saying, the, we, they we were don't being sound depicted. like that. We don't, you don't Minnesota. understand our authentic character. And, and well, the know, we, like, we don't talk like that, you know, <laughs> yeah, yes, the oh, especially yeah. as someone who has played around there tons, they talk exactly like that. Well, exactly. You sound exactly like exactly. This and the Coens, of course, were raised in Minnesota. And I used to have kids from Minnesota. I'd show them in my class, and they'd creep yeah. up and say, 
we sound exactly like right? <laughs> <laughs> us exactly <laughs> but I, I you know the Coens would also say about like using texas they'd say it's not texas like you go there right now though the land yeah. we shot it the landscape is it's a kind of texas of the mind that that does have yeah. It emerges out of all of the kind of literature about it and all the kind of films that have been set there and all the, you know, but so it's Texas at a kind of cultural remove. But what's wrong with that? Does everything have to be a searing documentary? Yeah. I mean, well, that, it's exactly. Bizarre. We did. We just did. The, the, we did Argentina in 1985 at the last yeah. minute earlier this week. And mm -hmm. like th that was one of the biggest complaints. Oh, I'd rather just watch a documentary of this. Then go freaking watch a documentary. Exactly. This is a film. Like <laughs> they, they don't have to be the same thing, man. And do you well, want it to be a seven hour film? Because that's what it would need to be to include all the context you apparently think And then it wouldn't need. be good. It would be horrible. And it would be the Batman of, of Argentina movies. Exactly. Maybe with better special I mean, chemistry, in, though. Inna Sharon, Inna Sharon is not a real place, which kind of makes it interesting. I mean, there are islands He is that are obsessed similar, with locations. He's obsessed. But, uh, yeah, he is. I mean, every every movie is like, every movie mm -hmm. has a city or like, a, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's probably pissed off that someone used Paris, Texas before he could get to it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, but, no, like, like Inna Sharon is like a mythical island. Like, it's not mm -hmm. a real island in, yeah. in Ireland. Which kind of makes it interesting, like because mm -hmm. it has a long history, I guess. With like, oh, this is the something I mean, Sharon, but like that isn't a place, mm -hmm. which is kind of a fascinating way to um center yeah. the story. I think mm -hmm. absolutely, yeah. He's kind it, of it is the island of the mind at that point, like well, you know, like the and again the opening that I described before, where where that 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 gorgeous you know song yeah. that's Bulgarian, but it you don't right. know, it just yeah. sounds folk like, and it comes up over this glowing gorgeous island that matches every tourist dream um you know it's kind it seems like it's kind of consciously um evoking that uh that mark Kermode uh interview is really interesting where the uh, first question he asked him is like that's a bulgarian song right and he's like yeah yeah and he's like oh I, yeah i recognize it, it was like how how did you <laughs> oh i can tell you the bulgarian uh, I, I, uh... women's choir went through a little vote it was one of those little little things that all of a sudden everyone bought it and it became a oh. kind of weird hit so i owned it, it. was that, was that yeah. in the 90s it was the uh, 90s it was the 90s yeah 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 it was yeah, the, uh, the hit uh, of the did, 90s did something with uh with the i worked at a record company. store when that happened by the way so I oh well, oh so you heard it often. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i was like why is why is everyone buying this like, what is, I know. <laughs> I know. Why, why is this the thing it was like chant yeah, we were, or something yes, <laughs> you know, everyone had to buy it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, uh, wait, real, real like falling asleep. Do we want to? So, so, so two, two, two things real quick. Right. Uh, one of which is the opening uh, for me. One of the movies that kind of evoked The Shining, Kubrick's The Shining, where mm. where, where oh, yeah. the long shots on the high the way shot. in. Yeah, yeah. And it gets you the idea of like the loneliness and desperation, how far away it is from everything, mm. uh, in a different way. But I, mm. I think I don't know if that was an homage or just something similar. But I, I, I like that quite a bit. Mm. And oh, man, uh, I should have had the IMDb page uh up for this <laughs> for for all castings or for uh or for like just like did you know like, oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have to be your imdb page right now sorry about that but uh yeah and and uh, ultimately um how this resolves with patrick like literally burning his house down and then you see Colm in the house right mm -hmm. and you're like oh it's just this is he's gonna go out he's this gonna way. die this way yeah uh mm -hmm. crazy and 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 ballsy in a way that, like, I think if this had been, um, like, through, like, a bigger uh, movie company and had, like, a bigger budget behind it originally. I mean, mm -hmm. there's certainly, like, a lot of attention on it now. Uh, those would be the kind of things, like, oh, can, does he have to be in the house when it's burning? Does he really have to be? Like, yes. Yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> oh, <boy>. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, he does. It's because it's so powerful. It's a similar. With you. 
Right, exactly. That's, with, that's um, the level. That's the stakes. Yeah. Uh, seven psychopaths. Um, originally, really. like the dog. A big part of the ending of the movie was that the dog was just going to get shot. Like that. Was, yeah. And they wouldn't. The studio wouldn't let him do it. And it feels like with creative control, uh, like he kind of has more of a um a, a handle on like you know what what he can do and what he can't in this mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So those are just the things I wanted to shoehorn in before we uh, move on to what I assume is the Letterbox one-liners, right? Yeah. So of course, Letterbox is a place for film. It's a place for film lovers to talk at with and to each other about the films they love, maybe the films they didn't love, the films that they were so bored by they start cutting off their own fingers at, uh, and of course, all of this is an open source democracy from the bottom up. Everyone gets to have their say, not just Siskels and Eberts of the world. Uh, this is best expressed succinctly, tightly. You know, good normal conversation uh, <laughs> where you're working your tight five. Uh, You'd you be funny. You'd you be very Irish about it. It can be about dark things. Uh, of course, these are the letterbox one liners for Banshees of Inishir. And let's roll them. If it's the same feckin' bread van, I'll kill them. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently I had a I had a great uncle or something that got run over by a milk truck as a kid. Oh, wow. Like a, one of those, van, like one of those vans that we go around the same, uh, the same way. <laughs> I love that. Wait, go back for a second. I, yeah. I love that. Um, like when he he tries on the like, oh, uh, I'm gonna be uh, really wily here, and uh, and like he just makes outlandish, easily disprovable lies, which is like so amazing. But it's like, oh, it gets him out of the way immediately, which is literally always thinking about. It. I think that says so much about that. And and, it, and it's like a it's like a joke my grandfather would have told. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it plays like the punchline of a joke, Andy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. <laughs> Great movie for eyebrows. Yeah. Oh, it so is. Colin Farrell's yeah. eyebrows have a, their own stardom at this point. They, yeah. they yeah. Oh, yes, they, they, they got their own entity. star in the Walk of Fame. I think they won a Golden Globe. <laughs> Rooting for Jenny to win the Oscars Best Supporting Actress. Thanks. Yeah, best supporting, best supporting donkey. Best supporting donkey in a serious picture. It's, it's her. <laughs> it's it's her. It's uh, you know, it's, it's the other donkey, and then it's the fucking donkey from Shrek. Twenty twenty three, the year of the donkey. Year of the donkey, apparently. <laughs> Ghosting was wild back in nineteen twenty three. <laughs> Dude, you see the thing is though, if you didn't live on a small island, I feel like ghosting could be real easy in twenty, like like back Absolutely. then. You know I mean? Yeah, but, like you, you would just go to the next town and no one would ever hear from you again. But they're all right? books <laughs> right. I mean, wasn't that what uh, Withering Heights was about? But but because ghosting. because they're stuck on this on this small like uh, semi mythical island, they can't ghost each other. They never can. Mm-hmm. Yep. True. It was wild indeed. How's the despair is actually a really normal question in 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. True. Like you yeah. uh you feel a little isolated. It's like, damn, this this hitting me right here. Like it's she real. turns to him, she's like, Do you ever get lonely? And my thought was like, Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Actually, is, uh, yes. We just got over COVID. Like the you know <laughs> That's also how I get whenever I try to write a new song. <laughs> <laughs> Writer's block. Did you write that? Not, not the, every the, time, but some of the time. It's so crazy when he finally plays his song and has the kids do it, but he's dripping blood all over the table. Yeah, he's yeah. actively blood dripping everywhere. blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got this, guys. It's fine. Yeah, that's only a little blood. Yeah. He's like, I can't play, but I can still compose. Yeah, and I can wave my bloody stuff do it. <laughs> As a dull person, this hits close to home. <laughs> oh, a, a line, a line that I didn't. You're not get dull. To. You're just nice. <laughs> exactly. A line that I didn't get to uh, that I wanted to bring up is when, like, when when, they, when we see the calendar or whatever, right? 
Um, yeah. and it's, it's like uh, 1923 or whatever. And like, um, he, he's he runs up to him and he's like, uh, you know what month it is? Me, like, he's like, me fool you or something. Like, he thinks it's an April Fool's joke, uh-huh. but you yeah. realize that, like, it's a big deal that it's like April 1st or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a big thing for him. And you're like, Jesus Christ, this guy is dull. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that explains, but he found an explanation, right? Yeah. So he, I, this explains the behavior that I can't understand or accept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. <laughs> So it's going to be forever, or it's going to go down <laughs> <Yeah>. in flames. <laughs> flames. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, all the more. I, I did not realize there was that Taylor Swift uh, <laughs> interview when I pulled that one, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, I think this, this one's low key because you think about it and you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And literally. I, I take it that's a song. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's a Taylor Swift song, Andy. Oh, Men will literally cut their fingers off before going to therapy. True. True. Yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, but who are you really going to go to, like, the therapy? I mean, the only real, real therapist they have is the, is the, the part-time priest. priest. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That is. And you can't even you can't even accuse the priest of having gay thoughts. Like, exactly. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of world do we live in? <laughs> the priest is like, all uh, I have are gay thoughts. <laughs> those are the letterbox one-liners for Banshees of Inishir, and please follow the show. Uh, that's Lou Duck Van and Borfofen over there. <laughs> uh, move, is moving extravaganza. He's, he's representing the show. Log on stuff we do. I am the emotional support donkey, Conan Neutron. I am logging all the stuff. Uh, highbrow, midbrow, populist. Uh, follow me along for the Criterion Challenge if you feel so inclined. J. Andrew, Fingers of Death World, the cop puncher, as everyone, he's known on the street, uh, is watching all the weirdest stuff so you I don't feel like have he's to. not the first person to do the Five Fingers of Death uh, that was cop puncher, but... Uh, it's what it is he's watching all the weirdest <laughs> stuff so you don't have to or maybe so you can i'm not here to judge uh either way he's doing it uh 30 irish down there is also 100 lazy when it comes time to our letterbox but christina's on letterbox as well you should follow her should i encourage her to do it eileen jones is far too busy to uh be on oh, letterbox. sorry she's she's, well, she's, if, if, if she's on letterbox she's too busy she's hanging out with francis mcdormand and Joel oh, Cohen, yeah. apparently. my life all I, the I, was, okay. I was gonna say she's just giving them away for free if she's on letterbox exactly like. <laughs> <laughs> she certainly is uh but of course um we are now going to go to fingers of death j andrew fingers of death world the cop puncher please take us away with plugs my man all right right now you are watching us on youtube so please do the youtube things like comment subscribe hit that bell and the big ask is watch the video until the end you get a great conan neutron song and that allows yeah. us to have other viewers find our content I, that, that sounded like Oprah for a second. You get a Conan Neutron song. You get a Conan <laughs> you Neutron get... song. Everybody gets a Conan Neutron song. I only cut off four fingers before remixing it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't mean to keep bothering you. <laughs> Andy, why can't you leave me alone? <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying, trying to, to get the bass levels. It's still too loud. <laughs> it was. That used to drive me crazy. Well, we're also on Twitch, so uh, do the Twitch things. Throw some subs. Uh, we're hungry. We want those subs. So send them our way. Now, um, delicious. Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> um, I don't know what you do on uh, Twitch, so you know, do the do the Twitch stuff. Yes. Thank you, Fargo. Hi, howdy. <laughs> um, we are we do, are do the stuff. Twitch stuff. That that's what the ask was. Do, do the, the Twitch, Twitch stuff. Hey, if you're on Twitch right now, hey, do, do the, Twitch, do the stuff. Twitch stuff. It's the it's the YouTube mafia, the Twitch mafia going head to head. All right. Hey, I, I need better on, notes. Fucking, Christina, let's I heard, I heard he left the platform and now he's <laughs> doing YouTube stuff. You gotta get him back. <laughs> 
Threaten to cut his keyboard. Cut cut off keys off. Keyboard. Yeah, exactly. It's like he wakes, wakes up with a wakes up with a webcam in his bed and the webcam. <laughs> <laughs> What's the USB cords cut? Um, <laughs> but thanks, Andy. You can find us on multiple social media sites: Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So please follow Movie Night Extravaganza on all of those sites. Uh, that that um, that way you can find out the next time we're live and we're doing this ridiculous show. Yes, <laughs> which is which is pretty consistent. But yeah, follow us anyway. Yeah, follow us Some, anyway. Sometimes Forrest does cool little reels. He cuts shorts of the show. It's uh, if you think this show is funny, you'll love it. If you don't, don't bother. <laughs> well, why are you that's watching? One, that's are you one minute, watching it? Yeah, listen, if you if you don't think this show is funny, that's one minute uh you know closer to death. So exactly. Hey, and if you're hate watching us, please leave a comment and let us know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That's the ask. That's the ask. Right. I, I'm curious about this. Why are you hate watching us? I'm not curious about that at all. <laughs> but uh we have a Patreon. And uh, with yeah. the Patreon, you uh, by becoming a member, you can have access to all of our after parties. Yeah, the only the only way the only way that you can fucking leave a hate comment is if you join the Patreon, and then right. you can. <laughs> yeah. you can with hate comments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we, we will actually read the hate comments then. <laughs> I'm gonna make him an offer of subs he can't refuse. <laughs> you come to this to me on the day of my live stream. <laughs> you come to me on the day of TwitchCon, and you you ask me for a favor when I'm putting on this whole panel. <laughs> What's next, Andy? Uh, yeah. I think you are. Um, Fantastic. We have a great show called uh, uh, Protonic Reversal. <laughs> you have to check your notes for that. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> our, our next, uh, our next, uh, you know, our co-host uh, Conan. Yeah, uh, Na- it's, uh, Conan Co- Neutron. Co- Conan Neutron. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Neutron. His name's Neutron. Some, it's a particle <laughs> thing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's and, and just here you have some uh, friends that you're not telling people about. Protagonist, <laughs> uh, so Ivan Julian of uh, Richard Hell and the Voidoids was on this week. Um, Sideman for Matthew Sweet. Uh, he was in Shriekback for a little bit. Uh, he played in the Foundations, Build Me Up Buttercup, as like a young man. Uh, really interesting dude really interesting episode that's what was this week uh this coming week i have rose marshak of poster children who wrote an incredible book um that's uh, i do not have remotely near to me but it's it's really great i'm reading it which is saying a lot in this day and age because i feel like my reading has been destroyed by COVID and streaming services but um yeah proton commercial that's the name of the show Yeah, you don't have to check your notes to, to, to remember that. And you can go to... No, it Tom- turns out I've done it for like almost nine years. Turns out I can remember the show. It's crazy. <laughs> it's funny. Sometimes, sometimes I forget I the name of it. Sometimes I'm like, movie night extravaganza? What's the... <laughs> uh, play Like a Man uh, is the name of the book. My Life and Poster Children is the is the subtitle. And uh, mm-hmm. Rose Marshak's incredible. And I'm really looking forward to that episode. She's that's, a, she's a powerhouse. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. You can get all of your Conan Neutron music needs met right there. You can get it in various forms too. You can get uh, records, you can get CDs, yep. you can get digital files. Sorry, no cassettes or A tracks. Um, <laughs> Not unless someone else wants to pay for it. I ain't doing it. Uh, also, latest single, Cry Bullies, features art by Cop Puncher over there. 
uh, oh, yeah. I'm inspired by my Twitter. Uh, <laughs> 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 and, and now available, not just on Bandcamp, but on Spotify and all the stuff we don't see a dime from. Yeah. So, yeah. Or, or you see like fractions of uh, yeah, yeah, fractional pennies. Uh, yeah, pennies. Steve but but says. you know, maybe one of these days you will get a dime. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 more than some get. I shouldn't complain, but you know whatever. It, it's on all the things I don't like as well as the things I do like that we actually do see money from. It's a dollar, mm -hmm. people. They say it's trying, to, trying to make a dollar out of a dime, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> and uh, make sure you you check out uh, Christina's Twitch show. Uh, anything coming up, Christina? Well, I was just hanging out with Dan from the web on oh, yeah. uh, his yeah. power report, which was a lot of fun. Um, and then uh, I'm tomorrow, surprised you didn't hang out with uh, with Destiny. I know, right? That's I, I would <laughs> I would not have been prepared to to, to to debate Destiny tonight, so I'm good. Um, but you have your yeah. finest ACDC shirt on. I think that's a, that gets you in the debate mindset, right? Yeah, I guess. I approve. I'm on a highway to hell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm a legit fan. That's not. I'm not trying to run any of the like, yeah. especially the Von Scott era. Anyway. And then we're probably tomorrow. We're gonna go over like the history of like torture devices. Mm. Yeah. Why? How so. was that like topic roulette? How did you figure that one out? Like, what was? Well, it? Bailey Sari does a dark history podcast, and she talks about different things. So, like uh -huh. her most recent one was going over actually the minimum wage and the history of, of worker strikes, like railroad yeah, yeah. strikes. We'd, we'd, like, we'd, like to, we'd like to pay you less, but we're legally not allowed to. Right. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So I'm like, oh, wow, cool. It's like as if a railroad strike. I'm like, gee, I wonder if that's happening again. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so we're going over the history of torture devices tomorrow. Nice. We're gonna watch that's that. So that's going to be Saturday. In your life. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. That sounds great. And of course, you know, um, oh, what just happened? <laughs> right, I lost the note. <laughs> oh, my notes disappeared. Um, uh, but but also, you know, buy Christina coffee uh, at ko-fi.com. Coffee. Um, yeah. Coffee twenty five. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, wait, man. You guys can say that usually, but we can't sing after party forever. You just said, "Get out of here." Oh yeah. He didn't say it. Andy didn't say it. So. You know what? You're right. I didn't. I kind of got side moment passed. Yeah. It's fine. You're too busy losing your notes on how to say my show name. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we, we got Eileen from Jacobin Magazine, so please check out her work whoop, there. Whoop, and check out whoop, her whoop, podcast, whoop. Film Suck. Mm -hmm. Great. See, see, I was checking to. my notes before. so that's why. <laughs> oh, our upcoming episode is going to be good. We're, we're, we're dealing with women's cinema today by talking about the movie Women Talking and oh. 80 for Brady. Oh, so interesting. Together, I think. I'm not familiar with 80 for Brady. What about 80 for Brady? Oh, I haven't even watched it yet. It's okay. It looks so it, awful. I have to go see that. It, 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 yeah. It's really going to, I'm going to suffer for my. I saw a standee know, for it uh, when I saw women oh. talking. And I was like, all right, here we go. Yeah, that one I've seen. So that's going to be. Yeah, so did I. Women yeah. should talk less. <laughs> maybe maybe a little it's got, it's got a it's a lily tomlin jane fonda rita marino and sally field and no so you got you gotta you gotta tease it for uh patreon say should women talk more or less you know, <laughs> more or less oh, oh here you're right you're better at this than me definitely yeah. if we're gonna uh, talk like this i'd say less 
<laughs> and they're they're trying to uh i think i think these uh, like said so lily tom and jane fonda Rita marino and sally field are trying to like have sex with tom brady i think or something along those lines so, yeah they're know. going it's based on a true story of four oh, elderly yeah. women okay. fans who traveled hundreds of miles or thousands Over of miles tom to go brady? see tom brady <laughs> <laughs> everything about it is so loathsome and awful i have it's, no it's, interest in this oh. it sounds like a product i like me. the football but, guy oh, I'm but, gonna... but, the interesting thing is it's a follow-up to book club which also had four elderly actresses and it did oh yeah did huge business so that's why that we have this new movie this is actually you can get older women apparently yeah. to go to theaters yeah what are these broads up to oh they're chasing after tom brady why, okay. why watch <laughs> Amy brady? you can go spend like valentine's day with your boo and see titanic in theaters for the 25th anniversary that's so true oh, or watch this episode for what is it a glass <laughs> and, then you guys, and then you guys get in a fight you guys get in a fight on the way home and you're like he, he could have fit on that door and she's like dude you missed the part of the movie and you're like she, she could have fit on that door i'm sorry yes. she kind of fucked him over how they, does they proved the movie? it Even this movie is anti men like... and then you sleep on the couch it's the whole thing <laughs> oh my god fargo seriously <laughs> my mods are out of control guys they say the weirdest stuff <laughs> right, so, um, Sam Cedar comes on. So, so, so that stream's happening on Saturday, right? Uh, and oh, wait, no, we're on Eileen's. Uh, so, Eileen, uh, film stuff's great. Yeah, I, like I said, it's one of the only shows I listen to about movies. Most of them, that one's good. Oh, thank you. And this one, obviously, and this one, of course, is also very, very good. Yeah, exactly. No, mostly they suck. I, I agree. Mostly they're they horrible, like just like ear cancer. Yeah, <laughs> most of them. Yeah. But uh, since we're on Eileen, final thoughts. Uh, hey, on, hey, on hey we got one more plug. Uh, we got one more plug. Oh, one more plug okay. on. One more plug because this is Oscar month. Uh, makes oh. me think of my friend uh, Eric Dresden who mm -hmm, uh, sure. took his own life. Um, uh, so if you're out there hurting right now, um, please be aware. You can call um, call or text 988 uh, from uh, your cell phone or home phone. Uh, we can't text from your own phone, but you know. Um, uh, the national hotline number is 1-800-237-273. Uh, 8255. Um, if you're trans and dealing with this, uh, the, the number for you is uh, 1-877-565-8860. Um, and uh, there's also a uh, Trevor Lifeline for LGBTQ youth. Yeah. LGBTQ youth. LGBTQ youth. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. Um, and that's 866-488-7386. Uh, and finally, if you're a veteran, uh, you have a number too. Uh, that's uh, 1 800 273 8255 and press 1. All right. There you go. I was, I was trying to think of a way to surreptitiously bring up that Forrest Icon is still the prosecutor from Argentina <laughs> in 1985, but there's, there's really no way to do that for such a serious thing. Yeah, we should um, also we should have a banner for uh, you know with the numbers on it and stuff for for oh, yeah. Tuesday. That's that a would, good idea. That would, yeah. That's a good idea. So Eileen, tell us your final thoughts on Banshees. Anything wow, that we step didn't get over to? My, step over my my. Uh... <laughs> God, I I forgot it. I'm supposed to. I, uh, I don't have any final thoughts other than we need more quality animal acting in uh in movies. So this is and it's it's been building steadily. So I think you know no pad great horse acting. This True. EO thing sounds like it's fabulous. So, you know, why are we bothering with humans to a certain extent? <laughs> Move on to animal cinema. I think that's my so name. Supposedly, supposedly 
socialist uh, film critic Eileen is calling for humans to be completely removed. Just from, take them away. Do you think they can be on the AI? Crew. No, she's not going for AI. She's going for. Do the hunting from now on? <laughs> it was a good run, people. <laughs> it's all we about Mitch now. <laughs> we really did. We, we yeah. honestly did. Uh, Christina. Yes, an excellent film about Kwai quitting a friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my final right. thoughts. <laughs> I, I think I think you like if if you watched backwards, like further backwards, you know what I mean. Like I feel like you probably would have been trying to quiet quit that for a while, and, and like not get like the guys not not getting the hint. So he's finally like, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna straight up quit this friendship. Like <laughs> there's nothing quiet about Patrick. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's that's part of the problem. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but Conan, final thoughts. Uh, this is an absolutely wonderful depiction of adult male friendship, legacy, uh, loneliness, isolation, the need for solitude, and the company you keep. Uh, the, the premise is very simple, but the execution manages to be both devastating and frequently hilarious, which is uh, very Irish. And uh, it regroups the Imbruged Dream Team. And uh, this is one of the great surprises of the year for me. I did not see this coming at all. Uh, you know, like the fact that you have two lifelong friends on this remote island uh and and the friendship ends and that and that's the conceit of it that's fantastic it's such a simple concept it's amazing we haven't seen a thousand movies like this uh melancholic is often overused as a descriptor for film but i think this actually totally applies here and that's present along with a really strange affable sweetness and charm uh, i think it's incredibly well acted especially by uh who colin who's only knows a himbo before at hand uh, and has really come mm -hmm. into his own as an incredible actor. Uh, all the principles are fantastic. Uh, the dark humor is at top dollar best. It's very dry. If you're into that kind of thing, this is a film for you. And honestly, like I said, one of the best films I've ever seen about the compli complicated nature of friendship. And one uh, one thing know, that Martin McDonough says is he he feels like people are afraid to actually delve into sadness, like yeah. uh, in filmmaking. And he, like his main goal was to delve into like something that wasn't just you know that wasn't like oh well maybe it's sad but it's lighthearted at the end or maybe it, you know it's sad it's not despair porn. That's yeah. not like sadness to the point of like you know whatever saw is to horror. Yeah, it's not like the road. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, again, which we refuse to cover on a block of someone like I don't want to see that, and Andy, <laughs> you're like I don't want to see that again. Yeah, it's it's, it's a bummer, right? Mm -hmm. And and this is one of the reasons why it works is it gets across these incredibly complicated uh, feelings of sadness, and everybody's nuanced and complicated and has their own story, and they're, and they're the hero of their own story, and there are no right or wrong. There's just a really messy amount of humans doing stuff on a very small island together. All right, Andy, final thoughts. I, I gotta say, like, uh, I watch a lot of terrible movies involving like weird diseases, which is not great uh for the pandemic, but this actually is the first truly great pandemic movie uh mm -hmm. about like the isolation that we all feel. Uh and, and kind of captures it in a way that that I think is I didn't is, know where uh, you're going with that, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> 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 and a great one is Wolf Outbreak Five from China. What? what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, Wolf Guy is great. No, um, yeah, Wolf. But yeah. no, it's really about number four though. Five doesn't really lose the plot. <laughs> yeah, but but anyways, uh, avian flew yeah. over the cuckoo's nest. Uh, it, but yeah, no, this this kind of captures the isolation of uh, what we've all just gone through, and and uh, you know, in a way, we were all in our little small islands. Uh, and, uh, you know, fortunately, I know uh, we on this show had, you know, the advantage of uh, being able to come on here and, and actually, you know, talk about stuff we love with friends. 
not everybody actually had uh, an opportunity to do something like that. So uh, it's been, you know, hard for people. And, I, you know, uh, I hope that nobody's cutting off fingers because they're just annoyed by somebody. Um, that's terrible. That's terrible. But but also it uh, reminds me that um, I think uh, I have to rethink my uh, my grandmother's stance on uh, hating the Irish. My grandmother hates the Irish so much that she wears orange on, uh, on St. Patrick's Day to piss off the Irish. And she might be right because, you know, this finger chopping business is something that more Irish people do than perhaps, you know. Maybe this is maybe this is why people Irish people didn't like this. So like, we're trying to get around the stuff, the, the finger chopping stuff. That's not that's not what we're about anymore. <laughs> We still that in 1923. <laughs> All right, I might have nine fingers, but I was born like that. <laughs> um, I like that you're trying to get around your your grandma's predisposition to something <laughs> insane about an ethnic group. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know my my final thoughts, and uh, we're gonna go to an after party in a little bit. But my final thoughts are, uh, you know, much like 2023. It's nice to know that in 1923, nobody wanted to work anymore. <laughs>